Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning. It is a Thursday morning before Christmas weekend, and Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah. It's great to be alive. It is another beautiful sunny day here in the heart of Hamilton, Ohio. L.A., does it get any better than that? It does not. It doesn't even get a little bit better than this. This is like the North Pole. It's the (laughs) North Pole of Ohio. It's brilliant. I like how you, uh, we have this hat hanging here. It looks like we got a little mistletoe. Yeah. Oh, boy. Look at that. That's good. Right, right there. That's good. Reed, you all right today, big boy? I'm doing great, High Tom. and tight. You're looking uh, good. Yeah, I got a new hair. Listen, my, my wife, she's a hairstylist. She said her, her client canceled on her. She's like, hey, I hightail it over. She works about three blocks away from here. So we ain't got a haircut. Perfect. Right, Perfect. I like that high and tight look. Yeah, that's a good that's, look. That's, I want to go with like that, but my wife won't let me. She won't let me do it. And she's a boss. Casey, how you doing? Big league lid there, Casey. Thank you, Tom. I was going to save this for the red season, but I just I love this hat so much. I really do. But you I don't know why. Comfortable, you like the look of it, all the above, what? All the above. I just don't know why like we ever changed from, from this red I agree. seat to I agree it looks 100%. So good. I love it. I mean, I don't know what the, you know, what, what they call that style of, of writing. I don't know if anybody else does either Old for English. that matter. But that, that is a good look. That is a good That look. would be a great look for the Reds. Is that a red stockings? Is that the red stockings hat? Yes, because it has a little stocking down there. Nice. That's a big league hat. There you go. All right, we welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 hey. to 12. Hey. All right, that's Eastern time. You know where to find us in case you don't. If you're new to the program, go to YouTube, our Chatterbox Sports page. We broadcast live every day as well on Twitter, now X at Seabox Sports. And you can download us in podcast form wherever you find your podcast. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. All right. 48 hours plus. Bengals continuing in full prep mode today for Saturday's AFC North Clash in Pittsburgh. Now, look, we were prepared for the news already, right? That star wide receiver Jamar Chase was not going to play this weekend after injuring his shoulder last Saturday. That became official official. Yesterday, according to his head coach, Zach Taylor would not put a timeline as to when Chase might be back. Of course, it's the Steelers this week, a trip to Kansas City next week, and then the season finale at home against Cleveland. Will two wins get the Bengals in the playoffs, or do they have to win all three? I mean, it's hard to believe that 10-7 and seven doesn't get you into a 17 playoff, but that's, that's a very real possibility. If you go down and you, you, list, you list all the things that need to happen, then, uh, yeah, 10-7 and seven very well might not get you, but that's all you're aiming for. It's all you're aiming for. All you can do is win your games. Reed and I went through it, actually. So if the team – so if everything goes wrong, if all the chalk wins, and that's being, right. you know, the Broncos, the – the Bills, everybody, the Dolphins, everybody, every, the Texans, everybody like that. If they all win the remaining remainder of their games, 10 wins certainly does not get the Bengals in. So you're going to have to root for a little bit of chaos here. You're going to have to root for a little bit of chaos. Bengals, I think the best case scenario uh, would be 10 wins and you need the Texans to just tank. Texans and Broncos, need them out of here. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think Casey brought up ESPN did a, did a simulation for the rest of the season. 
and uh, they had the Bengals losing every game, so that, that's not the point that I was going to make. He said that every wild card team in the ESPN simulation went 11 and six, which is just oh, wow. it's a, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked when I saw it too. Um, they had Buffalo winning that division at 11 and six. Miami was 11 and six. Um, uh, it, it, <laughs> the fact the one of the I don't take it with a, a grain of salt though because. They had Pittsburgh scoring 24 points and beating the Bengals by one point. And then they subsequently had the Bengals losing to the Chiefs 19-9, to which just seems so random to yeah. me. I don't know. It, I, uh, I don't put much stock into that whatever graph or whatever uh, factors that they put into that um, equation. But I do think that the Bengals should strive to win out. I really do, because I think it could come down to a scenario where we're looking at maybe having to get 11 and six in order to even make it in. So it's going to be a tough, tough couple weeks. Well, it's it is going to be a tough one. But, but you know, one thing they've done—they've kept this one-game mentality thing. That's right. I right. mean, they really, yeah. really have. Yeah, and really, and you could say, look, that's worked since the beginning of time, right? But it's working for the Bengals right now. They've been approaching it one game at a time. Backup quarterback making sure everybody's just in the right direction, shifting their emphasis a little bit on offense, although they drifted away from that for an extended period last week. We'll see what this week brings. Because you know what happens when you play the Steelers. It's tough sledding, baby. Tough sledding. I mean, tough sled. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget this weekend's game is Saturday. That is a 4.30 kick, and the game is on NBC. Fake news. The Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> are none too pleased about being such a big underdog in their Monday night showdown in San Francisco. The Niners are a whopping five-and-a-half-point favorites against the team that is tied for the best record in the National Football League. Believe it or not, that spread, five-and-a-half, is the second-largest during the career of Lamar Jackson. It was five years ago, his fourth start in the NFL. Jackson and the Ravens were a seven-point dog at Kansas City. Ravens lost that game by three in overtime. College football, tense moments. Boy, some of the reactions were, were phenomenal yesterday, if you watch any of that. Uh, Ryan Day got the most pub because the number one recruit in the country is this wide receiver who everybody and his brother was trying to get to flip. And the number one defensive lineman in the country was another Ohio State commit that everybody was trying to get to flip. And then once both of them signed the dotted line later on in the afternoon, Day said, that first of many beers is going to taste mighty good tonight. <laughs> no doubt. It's a good line. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Blue Bloods, right, on National Letter of Intent Day, they just keep getting richer. According to most analysts, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Florida State, Texas hauled in the best talent. It was not a good day for that school up north. Oh, no. Michigan. First of all, the NCAA notified the Wolverines Athletic Department yesterday. Four level two sanctions and one level one sanction. Level one is the highest, the worst sanction. Okay for their illegal recruiting during COVID. This has nothing to do 
with the other two investigations going on with Michigan. The computer stuff, the FBI's in on that one. And, then, and that's not an exaggeration. The FBI is in on that one. And the other one, of course, is the sign stealing. You know, you're a good friend of mine, Connor Stallions, right? Oh, there are some dark days ahead for Michigan. You can mark it down. And, and not only that, yesterday, their recruiting class, by most analysts, did not even rank in the top 15 in the country. Now, that, to me, is a huge surprise. Yeah, it is. That's a huge surprise. I mean, with all the allegations, I mean, you got to... I know, but I mean, come on. They still... It's Michigan. I mean, I, I rib them a lot and all that, but I mean, it's Michigan. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, the three straight Big Ten championships. Three it's Michigan. One of the Ohio great State. brands in college sports, right? right? No doubt about it. No doubt Some about it. Some say the best. Makes you wonder, though, what is going on. Of course, they signed... Mr. Ohio football. Jade Marshall. Trader forever. It's like Desmond Howard. He's like, uh, who's that cat that's on TV? Charles Woodson. All the great Michigan guys. Almost every single one of them are Ohio traders. That's right. Tom Brady. Well, he's a California guy. Oh. Uh, college hoops. Was the Crosstown shootout last week a one-off deal for Xavier? taking care of the ball, raining down threes, playing with incredible fire and intensity. Well, you know what? Maybe it was. We're talking about a team that lost to Oakland, California, or Oakland, Michigan, right? Yeah, too, yeah. And who was the other one? Delaware. Delaware. De the fighting Blueheads. The fighting Joe Bidens. So, last night, right, it's their Big East Conference opener on the road. And in fairness to Xavier, I mean, earlier this year, they went on the road in Purdue. They didn't back down. Played them tough. Played them tough. Played Washington tough out west. But St. John scored on its very first possession of the game and would never trail in an 81-66 win. It was the first ever meeting as head coaches between Sean Miller and Rick Pitino. In fact, for Pitino, the win last night was his first as a head coach in the Big East Conference in over a decade. The Muskies started the game 0 for 9. Turned it over three times before finally getting on the board their first point five minutes into the game. This was not good. Not good. Next up for X, a home date Saturday afternoon against Seton Hall. And speaking of the Pirates, they shocked the college basketball world last night. They beat fifth-ranked UConn, rolled them 75-60. to And the upsets were just getting started in the Big East. Villanova, who has been terrible, mm -hmm. I mean terrible, they go to Omaha and beat number 12 Creighton last night. Elsewhere, Duke beat Baylor by 8. 11th-ranked North Carolina knocked off number 7 Oklahoma, 81-69. And Dayton continues to win. They played Oakland last night. But was it the same Oakland? Might no. have been from Oakland from California. 91-67, the Flyers. Flyers got a nice old team. Well, that's a good win. As we all know, Oakland's a, Oakland's a tough team. You to throw beat. out the record books. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You throw out the record books when Dayton and Oakland get together. No doubt about it. Tom. Oakland's in the same conference, though, as uh, Casey. You may not know this, but your alma mater has a basketball team. They do. They're in the same league as Oakland. They are. That's a story. And Darren Horn usually dominates that league. 
Yeah. So. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Our good friend Darren Horn. Casey, do you know what the mascot of Oakland is? Uh, Vikings, right? Or Raiders? Nope. Golden Grizzlies. We digress. Do you know the mascot of Northern Kentucky? Uh, Viking. Yeah. Victory Viking. The Norse. The Norse. The fighting Norse. But hey, look, while we're on the topic here at college basketball, Reed, Xavier, your guys. Listen. I mean, your guys. Listen, Tom, as we all know, when you go into Carneseca Arena, it's tough sled. <laughs> it's tough sled. That's a storied arena out there. I watched the game. It, listen, Xavier just doesn't look very good. I mean, when you shoot 33% from the field, you shoot four for 21 from three, and then you turn the ball over 18 times, that's that's not going to win a whole lot of games. And I got I to gotta give it up to uh, St. John's new coach. I didn't know about this guy, but uh, yeah. really this, I looked at what he did overseas, looked at what he did at Iona. I'm telling you, this Rick Pitino guy might be an up-and-comer. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Slick Rick. Yeah. Slick Rick. <laughs> I could, now, uh, I, I watched a little bit of the game. I unfortunately had to make a responsible wager on St. John's minus six. I thought that was great there value. You go. So that was a big win for the old Elliot. But uh, I, I thought Xavier was keeping it close for the first half. First half. Was, first half, they, well, they, they started out really slow. Then they kind of stormed back. It's just, listen, though, Xavier likes to play so fast. They saw that last year, a lot of high-scoring games. And when you're not hitting your shots, you're just going to get blown out because, I mean, there's not a whole lot of great defense there because they do play so quick. And then on top of that, you're turning the ball over 18 times. You're not going to win Big East games. No, like you're not. You're not. But, you know, I mean, it's really weird. We talked about the other two upsets. Uh, Villanova, uh, you talk about a program where the wheels have fallen off. I know we don't talk a lot about college basketball. We have the whole winter to start talking about it. We're getting into conference play now after the holidays on a pretty regular basis. But, man, ever since Jay Wright walked away, it's just boom. And they go into Creighton last night and, uh, and beat the Blue Jays, who have a good, solid team. Yeah, at what point, like, do they stop getting credit for, for Jay Wright? Because, like, they started the season out ranked, Villanova yep. did, as they did last year. Yep. Last year, they weren't very good. This year, they, they've lost some games. They still got good talent. They Obviously, they won a ranked game last night. But at what point does Villanova stop getting credit for, for the teams of yesteryear? I wonder. I mean, maybe they'll storm right back and be the Villanova old, at least be a shell of the Villanova at old. But at this very moment, that's, at some point, the credit's going to wear off. That's a money-making machine for that school. It is. And they better find the a way schools. to get it right. All the Big East schools. Well, yeah. Uh, and, 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 but Villanova, I mean, we're talking about national championships right? here. I know UConn won it last year, but I mean, Villanova, we're talking about multiple national championships here just over the last seven, eight years. And they got to get that thing straightened out. You can't let that thing fall apart. And we've seen a lot of programs, football. I mean, you guys aren't old enough to remember. What's going on at Florida State this year I mean, when, when I was younger, and like many of you, I mean, Florida State, Nebraska, and Miami of Florida were in the top five every single year, if not one, two, and three in some given order. Mm-hmm. Bobby Bowden, Jimmy Johnson, right? You had Tom Osborne out there at Nebraska. And up until this year with Florida State, you don't hear a peep out of those three schools on the national landscape anymore. Yeah, That's Flor- how far it can go. Yeah, Florida State won. Well, they won the national championship about a decade ago, right? Florida State won. Well, when when, when uh, your guy, famous Jameis, was there. Yeah, my guy. Yeah, they, they, they won back then. But you're, but you're absolutely right. I don't know if Nebraska will ever get back on that scale. But, yeah, things come and go. Um, empires fall. 
boy, now that is big right there. <laughs> Empire's fall. He I made, like he it. He made that. He made that. Do you think he came up with that? Or you oh, think that's he read him. that? That's all him. Really? Oh, yeah. Empire's fall. Okay. All right. Uh, we have an old friend coming back to the program today, Paul Dockerty. Oh. Very excited Doc. to have Doc back today. We're really fired up about that. Um, he's behind that paywall now on Substack. So to read his stuff, and he's writing like four or five days a week at least. Mm-hmm. And it's always great stuff. But I uh, want to get his uh, thoughts on what's going on with the Bengals. What's going on with UC? Because, I mean, we'll learn about UC in enough time here. Satterfield was all fired up about the recruiting class he brought in yesterday. Heard his comments. I mean, what's anybody going to say, right? Um, And don't forget tonight. I mean, I can't believe that Cal's not with us today. Because if there is ever a night to pub a big-time game, tonight it is number nine Kentucky playing at Louisville. Did you see that clip? There's uh, another example of what I mean. I don't interrupt you, but I just saw the top. There's another example. Well, I mean, you talk about a program that I, in, the, the wheels haven't fallen off. The, the wheels fell off, and there was a terrible crash. Well, it's funny because, you know, they bring in Chris Mack, who obviously was a fantastic coach for Xavier. And Chris Mack did a did an admirable job at yes, Louisville. Yes, he did. Yes, they he were did. good. Yes, right? they, they were certainly good, but yep. he, wasn't, he wasn't bringing the goods every single year, and they got tired of Candom, can- and all of a sudden it, it, it just crashed and burned out of nowhere. crashed and burned. Well, I think there was like some allegations, weren't there? Didn't that one coach? Well, Chris Mack took over after the allegations. Yeah. Rick, Rick Pitino got in trouble. Yeah. And that's when Chris Mack brought it over. No, 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 no. I, I'm talking about during Chris Mack's uh, stint. There was maybe his coach was paying, paying off people. There, there, was, there something was something there. You're there, right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah, but you were getting ready to say something. Yeah, I, I saw a clip on X.com, Tom, and it was Coach Cal doing his radio show, it looked like. You know, all these, all, every coach has their own sure. radio show. And Coach Cal was ready to, uh, or I guess the show was ready to go to commercial break. And, and the host was like, all right, that's it. Thanks for coming on, Coach. And, and, and Coach Cal said, all right, I'm going to say one more thing. And then the guy's like, all right, you have one second. And then Coach Cal stuttered, and then they sent it to commercial, and then he walked off the set in anger. It was very funny. I'll see if I can find it. I'll, I'll send it to Casey. It was very, very funny. I just can't believe we haven't had Cal on yet. It's not for lack of trying. I think we're going to get him, though. I, I just have a feeling. I, I got a feeling we're going to get him. All right, everybody's talking about the Bengals on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Where are you watching the game, Casey? Reed's having his big blowout bash, which none of us at last check were invited. Tom, do you what are you doing, Casey, on Saturday? Casey, I had asked you a question, please. You have the floor. Yep. I will not be celebrating with Reed. No, I know you won't. I'll be probably at my palatial estate watching the football game and I'll be producing the Bengals show afterwards. So you're watching. Come join us and hang out with us. I think Parker is uh, going to be on that show. And maybe Game On? I'm not sure. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be watching it from my palatial estate. Okay. All right. With your bride? Yep, with okay. my bride. All right. How about you, Elliot? What are you watching? I know you're not going to Reed's. Where, where, what are you up to? I will, I'll, I, will be having, I will be having some friends over. We'll be watching at my house. That's nice. Yes. That's very you're nice. Out of town. Huh? I thought you were going out of town. Friday. Tonight. And you'll be back Saturday? Yeah. Huh. Big league. Thursday night. Seems like, a, seems like a short trip. Big Tom, league. 
would you like to come over? No, you know, listen, 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 listen I'm not all Let's about making Let's... people feel guilty. That's not me. Um, I would never do that, at least not publicly. Uh, and, and it's okay. I want you guys to have a great time. What are really a great time. What are your plans for Saturday? Well, we have a lot of, you know, like a lot of people, you know, you have family that comes in for the holiday and that kind of thing. So my father-in-law, who sadly just got diagnosed recently with Alzheimer's, um, he's doing good now, but, you know, we all know how that turns out, uh, sadly. Uh, good Lord willing, maybe something's different. But uh, he's coming into town, so we're all fired up about that because he's great to have around. He's full of life and fun and upbeat, positive which is a complete 180 from everybody else in my house, except for me. You know, they're all cranky. Cranky. Luke the crankiest? Oh, yeah. Cranky. You know, especially if his picks don't go well. Mm -hmm. Tom, <laughs> but I don't think you realize, I'm getting a half barrel of, of the nation's finest pilsner. Yes. Natural light. Yes. And I know as an OU grad, yep. you, you, you dabble in the natural light quite frequently. So you, tell you what, you just make your way back on down to Hamilton, Ohio on Saturday. We'll watch the Xavier game at 2 because you know that's going to be a great one. And then we'll watch the, the Bengals win by 44 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 44. That's my prediction. It's going to be 54-10. You said on this show yesterday, uh, Elliot, correct me if I'm wrong. Here we go. Did he not say that he was really worried about this game? Deathly worried. And he just said a 44-point win? Well, yeah. Those two things don't add up. Yeah, they, they don't add up at all, Tom. It, I, I don't know what's going through Reed's mind here. This is, this is shocking. This is very shocking. But listen, you can be worried, and I still think that they're gonna, it's going to be a very tight game. It's going to be a very tightly contested game that the Bengals barely pull out by 44 points. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of late scoring. Jake the Snake Browning. Love Jake Browning. I, I just can't, you know, I mean, and I've said this on this show, and, and, and I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know, but I, I just really, sometimes I just catch myself, and it's, and especially now they're playing the Steelers again, and we talked about it for a while yesterday. I just can't believe the difference in the town since the last time these two teams met. I mean, we were down there. That's right. Doing our Chatterbox show before the Steelers game at home four weeks ago. Knew Jake Browning was going to start. Burrow's done for the year. They had lost back-to-back -back games to the Texans and then the Ravens. Burrow gets knocked out in the Ravens game. Here come the Steelers. We know they're not any good, but it's the Steelers' divisional game. Six and four. Here comes right? Jake Browning. It was raining that day. You had done an unbelievable job setting everything up. Had the big board. Stage stole some bars. Elliot's stools. out. In the, that's right. We went over there. Well, I tipped the guy. We didn't steal him. The the the, <laughs> the, the, the he wouldn't have done it if we didn't tip him. But the uh, but he was cool at that joint across the street. Yard House is that where we got him? We got him from Jefferson Social. Shout Jefferson, out Jefferson so, Social. Thank you. Shout out to Jefferson Social. Thank you. But I mean, we were all just you know it was a gloomy day. We're out there in the rain, right, doing the show up on right. the stage. Fives were low. And, and the, 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 the crowd, they had a big crowd. It was the Steelers in mm -hmm. town. But, I mean, there, there was no life at all that day. I mean, we're right down in the middle of all of it in the banks. Mm -hmm. And there was just nothing. You get your isolated guy all tanked up. Boo, here we go. Yeah, you get all, a little bit of that. But what, what are you laughing at, Casey? I just like that impression, Tom. Well, you, know, actually, you know the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, that's yeah, actually yeah. Casey after you get a couple of natty lights in him. Is that you? 
You start walking around. Who day? Some. There's probably video evidence of it too. So I. I it's Just say. That's up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Admit to everything, even if you didn't do it, then they can't get you on anything. Right. That's right. That's right. Okay. But I mean, really. And now here we are. They lost that game. So if you went from it was already low to way down here, and you're thinking, man, you know, here they got to go to Jacksonville. And then they got to play. Who was it after that? They played the, the, the Colts. Colts. And they came home against the Colts. The Colts and they came home against the Vikings. And you, you know, I mean, you know, but, but still, we had not seen him do it going into Jacksonville. First Monday night game in Jacksonville since, what, 2012, something like that. Yep. They're rolling. They're in first place. Trevor Lawrence and all these guys. And, and then they put up 34 points and they win the game. And you're like, whoa. And then they win again. 34 more points. Then last week, they had to do it in a different way. Falling behind. Um, you know, even that first drive. I mean, you, you got to give it up to that uh, Tanner Hudson attempted pass. Right. Former high school quarterback. That's right. It's a big league third down call. But then, then they disappeared after that. And, the and then they win a game where, you know, he's got to come from 14 down in the fourth quarter to tie it, fall behind another touchdown, tie it, win it in overtime. And now we're sitting around here talking about the playoffs. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. I, you I mean, were the guy that was saying that this was is you. the worst year, if I recall. That's right. right. He did say that. He the did worst say year that. in Cincinnati sports, <laughs> despite the fact that last winter, Xavier, I think, went to the Sweet 16. Went to the Sweet 16. Went to the Sweet Something 16, right? Do, okay. Yeah. We had a summer of complete unexpected success. 12-game win streak. By the Reds. They rip off 12 in a row. I think it was June, right? June. That's right. 12 in a row. They got Ellie De La Cruz. They got McLean, Steer, all these young dudes. Christian Encarnacion, Strand. Yeah. I mean, in contention right down to the final week of the season. FC Cincinnati. I mean, the halls of their facility over in Milford are decorated as far as the eye can see. Coach of the year. General manager of the year. Player of the year. Defensive player of the year. League MVP. Came up a little short against Columbus in the uh, semis. Nonetheless, phenomenal year. Best record, I think, in the history of the MLS, right? For a single season. Or most points. Most something points, like that. I think. Okay, all yep. right. And, and, and now the Bengals. And you said four weeks ago, you and Elliot, I might add, you, you, you spelled out the word D-U-N, done. Bengals are done. And you said it's the worst year that you can ever remember in your lifetime of Cincinnati sports. Could you please explain that to me now? Have you changed your mind at all uh, well, in retrospect? I, I don't know, Tom. I think, think uh, the fan in me was probably just being overdramatic. And when you lose – the guy, when you lose a guy like Joe Burrow, yeah, it just does something to you in, in your mental state, and you just don't think clearly. I see the light now. I see a, a clear picture, a clear path, and man, the Bengals—they have a good team. That's all it really boils down to is that that roster was always really good. We have a good coaching staff. I think we always overreact over losses, and quite frankly, I mean. I don't think anyone predicted them to be where they're at now, but I certainly think that that entire roster thought that they could be exactly where they're at right now. 
I think that entire roster believed that they could still make it to the playoffs. And we should just, you know, from time to time, listen to those guys. If Jamar says that Joe Burrow needs to sit out a couple weeks, we shouldn't laugh at his face. You're right. When players say that they can still make it to the playoffs, we shouldn't laugh at them thinking that it's just player speak. Because sometimes being in that building, they just know. That's right. They just know. And, uh, yeah, it was a complete shock to me. And I'm, I'm happy that they're here. Very happy that they're here. <laughs> Tom, Tom when, when Casey came in on that Monday before we played the Jacksonville Jaguars, yep. he said this is the most disappointing year in Cincinnati sports history. That's right. The next day after the Bengals win in overtime against the Jags, he said, I think we can still win the division. I think I think we can still rattle this thing off. A complete 180 in just 24 hours. That's what I love about Casey, Tom. He goes and rides with the wind, and this has been a roller coaster all year long with the Cincinnati Bengals. If it dips down, Casey's dipping down. If it rides high, Casey's riding high, and he's riding high right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You 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 are a fan. You are just as much a part of the team as That's Joe Burrow right. is. So when you when you're experiencing your your guys lose and lose and lose and you're like oh my god will it ever get better will the sun ever shine again but then when they start winning we're all the way back casey this is how teammates behave and you are a part of the team i certainly feel like i'm a part of the team i know a lot of people wouldn't agree with that sentiment but when you're putting in a lot of money time and effort into following the team i think you're you, part of the culture you, yeah i'm a part of the culture i'm you're, part you, of you that are, zach taylor culture right that you are what zach taylor is building it's not just in the clubhouse no Tom. no i you know now, see this is where i disagree <laughs> because i think zach taylor and as many of you know i will get critical of his play calling but we also have given tremendous credit to zach taylor about this culture thing we laugh and joke a lot about it but Casey was not a culture guy because the guys in the building, as he likes to say, yeah, right? Yep. The guys in the building still believed. That's right. They believed to a man in Jake Browning going into the Pittsburgh game, first one, and even after the Pittsburgh game. They believed in him because they had seen the work he had put in, the time he had spent, right? In the film room. Don't, you don't get a lot of reps. When you're the backup guy, when you're running practices, but he kept himself sharp and ready to go. So Casey was not a culture guy. He was south on him. Yet. He wasn't believing. Wasn't so there don't yet. put him in that category. I wasn't there yet. I think I'm there now. I think I'm there now. The easiest thing in the world to do is to get there now. They've oh, won three yeah. in a row. I know. I know it's the easiest thing to say, but so, regardless of what happens, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with the team. I think I'm pretty happy with this squad. Listen, Tom, it doesn't matter when you get to uh, the, the section of believing. It doesn't matter how you get there. It just matters that you're there. And that's where Casey is now. But you bring up a good point about what it was like just three weeks ago down there. We're doing our live show at the Banks. Yep. And it's a little – it's rainy. Ugh, it's cold. Terrible. Muggy. It's the first game since Joe Burrow goes down. And, I mean, <laughs> just no energy at all. No energy. You guys thought it was a good crowd. I didn't even think it was that good of a crowd down there. And I think it was mostly because it was so groggy of a day. And since then, I'm all the way back up. Took a couple games. Took a game in, in, in yep. Jacksonville, as you mentioned. Took a game uh, at home against the Colts. And took a game against uh, uh, a comeback win against the Vikings. But 
you know, we're all the way back and, and we're talking like, can this team still make the postseason? And it's right there in front of us. It's right there in front of us. And they're, and they're playing good football. I mean, three and one with Jake Browning as a backup. I don't know. I, I tweeted out this stat. Jamar Chase isn't going to play and we can get into Jamar Chase not playing. But the Bengals, when Jamar Chase doesn't play, they're three and one. Averaging yep. like 28 points a game when Jamar Chase doesn't play. And I'm not saying that That's Jamar last Chase does. That's last Correct. Yes. Correct. But still, I mean, this team, since pretty much week four, averages like 26, 27 points a game, Tom. Yeah, and to to be fair to all the people that think that we can sweep the rest of these games and make a real run in the playoffs, Jake Browning has only gotten better, better, and better. He's shown improvement in different areas each time he steps on the field. And I think we talked about this yesterday, but Jake Browning – this last game versus the Vikings, he didn't just show that he had resiliency, but he showed that he can make plays when it matters most. He's like truly showing that he can be a nut cutter when it's nut cutting time. Mm -hmm. He can get that ball to T Higgins when he needs to get to his playmakers. He can extend plays, make the right reads. And, you know, if you watch um, some of the film from coach Kasky, there's like four or five plays in the first, first quarter alone that could have been touchdowns if he just makes the, the right decision or makes a, a better or read. Or if your guy downtown, and, Charlie Brown Jones, would, would, would run the right <laughs> route and keep running and not look up in the air. He talked about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was not, it was not a great route. I, mean, um, I, I actually tried to defend Charlie. Uh, I can't really defend him you on that. He, he was, yeah, he was pizza. He was pizza boying it. He was pizza boying the pizza box. Have you ever heard of that terminology as a receiver? You're pizza boying it. Yeah, but it was, it it was wasn't what a good happened look. in front of that pizza boy effort that led to him even being in that position. He had slowed down. He's looking back when they, 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 they tell the receivers, don't look back. You slow yourself down when you turn around. Keep yep. running. That had been right in the basket, right there. What a Six. What a coulda shoulda. But all I'm trying to say is that I don't think that we've even truly seen what it looks like when it's perfected because Jake Browning is still improving. He's still getting better each game. And there's a lot a lot there that can that that we just haven't seen yet. Sure. I mean, T T Higgins had a couple wide open throws for touchdowns that you know, Jake Browning just makes that decision to throw there instead of checking it down. I mean, we're, we're talking about a whole different ball game. But when it came down that second half, he started making those decisions. He started making the right decisions, and it paid off. They yes, started – for, for the, the catch-22 there is you're absolutely right. When you're a young quarterback, there is infinite room to improve, and we're seeing that with Jake Browning through his first four starts. Getting better, getting better. You know, he was almost lights out against the Jags and then nearly a perfect game against the Colts except for the interception. Um, and then against the Vikings, comes up, and what does he do? He, he comes back and plays. But in the same jest, just as they can continue to get better, a young quarterback can very easily digress. Yep, and you're, right. waiting, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Listen, they, they play a team that has, you know, doesn't, hasn't played great defense at, at most of the season in the Steelers. They have a great pass rush. Um, they obviously don't, don't stop the run very well, but they can get after you. And he's already played the Steelers one time. And then and the week after that, they play a top five defense in the Chiefs. Week after that, they play the top defense in the league in the Cleveland Browns. So it just as easily as you can see Jake Browning continue to 
um, progress as a starting quarterback, as a young, as a rookie quarterback, you can see it go very easily That's the right. other way and, and, and things go in the crapper very quickly. No doubt. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I want to get high on Jake Browning. I think he's very good. I think he's been he, he's vastly, vastly blown away all of our expectations no of him. Saying that, there is something like you, 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 like you're talking about this Reds team. Well, Ellie De La Cruz, well, he can't get much worse. Respectfully, of course, he did great. Uh, could Matt McClain get worse? You look at all these rookies, right? Because eventually uh, water finds its level. With Jake Browning, I do fear that eventually water will find its level. He is capable of throwing that bad interception, the same bad interceptions I'm saying Mason Rudolph is going to make in that game on Saturday. So uh, I, could, I could see it going both ways. The, the issue is I like the talent around Jake Browning more than I like the talent around uh, Mason Rudolph. It is worth mentioning, Tom, and we can we can get into this now. Like, as you mentioned in the monologue, Jamar Chase officially out this year. Yep. What, is, what is this Bengals offense? What is the Bengals offense led by Jake Browning look without the top target? Well, I mean, look, we saw it in, in, in the fourth quarter last week, what they're capable of. I mean, that doesn't mean that you're going to all of a sudden, I mean, he, he, you know, somebody, I can't remember who they said it was, somebody went to Higgins on a sideline. And, and we've talked about this. You know, you have to feel for Higgins. Uh, he's been hurt a lot this year. Uh, this is a very important year for him and his future as far as the contract is concerned. Uh, he has been a model citizen, great player here his first three, four years in a league. And this year has just not gone his way. He's dropped a lot of balls, starting with the very first game against Cleveland. Uh, but whoever it was came over to him on the sideline. When Chase went out and said, hey, dude, you got to be the man. And, and we know he's more than capable of being the man. He's proven that time and time and time and time again. And he was. So, in the fourth quarter last week, they scored 21 points. Officially. The first play yeah. of the fourth quarter was a touchdown pass in the corner over the shoulder to Higgins. Mm -hmm. Right? Then they get the incredible play where he reaches over to tie it. They fall behind. And then they come back and tie it again. Higgins. So, you know, they, they scored 21 in the fourth without Chase. Now, does that mean they're going to be able to do that every quarter? Of course it doesn't. But at least they have a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sort of scenario where they, there can be some confidence there in knowing that you put up – it actually was 24 points if you include the three in overtime right. that they scored in the fourth quarter and then the field goal by McPherson to win it, right? So, that's, right. I mean, you got something to build on. No, no, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And we've, like, like I mentioned, last year, they go 3-1 and one without Jamar Chase. That was during that 10-game win streak that, that rounded out the season. Um, so they've done it before, obviously, with Joe Burrow at quarterback. I think they averaged like 28 points a game over that four-game stretch without Jamar Chase. So, yeah, they've done it before. It's just a, a big part. And I mentioned this earlier in the week. I know uh, Casey has brought it up. A big part of of the offense is how much attraction Jamar Chase pulls, right? There's almost a gravitational yep. pull there that you've got to put one, if not two, guys on him because he is that explosive. You, you go into a Bengals game, if you're the opposing defensive corner, and say, hey, listen, they've got a lot of weapons. I'm not going to let Jamar Chase get 200 yards a day and score three touchdowns. I'm going to stop him at all costs. So a lot of resources, a lot of, you know, pool is going to be put on Jamar Chase. With him not being there, then you can divert resources to other places. I think it was, uh, I was listening to Brian Billick on, on some other um, show this week, not just ours, but he was talking about how. You, you said he was on Cowherd show. Yeah, I was listening to Colin Cowherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good show. <laughs> It's a good well, show. why would you just say it? Well, I mean, I mean you, you think like we're in a hot competition with Colin Cowherd? 
<laughs> no, I just did. I, I didn't think it needed to be said. I don't know. I bet I coward's just... not. I bet coward's not on X.com. Hmm. Mm. I, yeah, that's right. That's right. He's not live on X.com like, like we are every single day. But he was talking about how you can you can stop any <laughs> offense if you divert the resources. If you want to stop a team and not let them get 20 yards a game, you can put 12, 11 guys in the box and say, hey, you can just dump it over top of us every single time. Yep. So what happens to this to, to stopping this offense when you're not diverting resources to, to bracketing Jamar Chase. That's what I'm wondering. Are the tight ends going to be open? Is Tanner Hudson going to slip open by after 10 yards and going to be wide? Is, uh, is Mitch Wilcox going to have a couple catches? Can T. Higgins divert the same resources that Jamar Chase? That remains to be seen, and that's going to be the exciting thing about this. Well, we always do forget about Boyd, who's another guy who's not had his best season. Yep. Another guy. But boy, he has been a great player for this franchise. That cannot be denied. He gives you everything he's got all the time. He's had some big drops. Mm-hmm. Big, big. Super Bowl, among others. But um, look, they, they got those guys. What, what did Browning, didn't he, didn't he complete a pass to, what, 10 or 11 different players last week? 11. He, he did. 11 guys. He did. Right? So, you but know. Not to Drew Sample. It was to your That'll guy. Change. It was to your guy, Irv Smith, Junior. 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 Pronounce the man's name correctly. I'm sorry. Okay? That is right. That's, all right. I mean, that's on me. That's on me. We don't give enough credit to the junior. Now I've never seen J.C. Wilder '86 in the chat. Have you guys ever seen him before? J.C. Wilder? No. I haven't either. In capital letters, we're talking about Jake Browning and how well he's playing, and he says in capital letters, first time I've ever heard from J.C. Wilder '86. He's not played in Arrowhead yet, so chill. Burrowhead is what he meant. No, he meant Browning. We know Burrow has played in Arrowhead. Burrowhead? No, this guy said he's not played in Arrowhead yet, so chill. J.C. Wilder, 86. I mean, come on, we'll, we'll get to Arrowhead next week. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's fine. But people around here are allowed to be excited about Jake Browning the way he's playing now. In fact, so much so is Brian B. that he says Browning to Canton. Burrow to New Orleans. <laughs> nah, that is getting it done there. That hurt my feelings. I don't know what we're talking about. We're, I, why are we talking about the Chiefs? We're talking about the Steelers. We're on. We're on. J.C. Wilder is mouse cop. Well, is that true? Well, he's probably mouse cop. He's probably Sean. There's so many he's probably all in here. Them. Molly and, 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 and I mean, <laughs> so Molly many. So, a real person. Let's get back onto the Steelers conversation here, yeah, the, 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 because he, because there is there are yeah. some really important things to talk about because of Jamar Chase's injury. There's a lot of injuries on the other side of the yes. ball for the Steelers, and they don't have Minka. They won't have KZ because nope. he'll be out for the suspension. And they upheld that, by the way. Uh, it's going to be for the regular season. If he does come back for the postseason, that was the original punishment. That's still up for debate. But, yeah, he's out this week. Yeah, he's out this week. On top of that, their third-string safety is also – on, on the injury report. So there is a lot of injuries in their backfield. If there was a time for T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd to have their way, to step up, this would be the game. You're down. You're, you're quarterback of the, the defense. You're down the second quarterback of the defense and that backup. They got to do something this game. And part of that has to be on Jake Browning, too. He's got to let that ball rip. 
you got to be able to torch this defense. I mean, I, I said it on Mac and JT. There's no reason. There's absolutely no reason you don't run the ball at least 25 times and at least have five or six shots deep targeting those safeties. You got to. I mean, there's no reason that you don't. And, uh, I mean, if they do, I think they're going to win this ball game. I really do. Of all the guys, I'm curious, and we, 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 we went into this a little bit about who would, you know, get the snaps, and we thought that, you know, it's going to be a combination right, of all committee. those guys. Downtown Charlie Brown Jones is back and uh, healthy again. <laughs> what, what, what is so funny? Continue. I'm sorry. All right. And you have Yoshi <laughs> Voss, right? Yoshi, right? And Brent, uh, Trent Irwin has always been a solid guy when you needed him to step up. So, I mean, if they indeed, you know, they want to pay more attention, give him the, the chase treatment, him being T. Higgins. Which one of those guys, Irwin, downtown Charlie Brown Jones, <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? I just like the way you say that okay. every time. Or Yoshi. <laughs> Who do you have the most confidence in to step up and be a big-time contributor this week? If you had to pick one of the three, which one would you pick? I'm picking Trent Irwin. I mean, he's been there, done that, yeah. and he did it at a pretty decent level when uh, uh, Shamar Chase and T. Higgins have been out, and he's been serviceable. So I think though that he's the, the the guy there, at least to take majority of those snaps. And I think after that, it's Yoshi, man. I mean, he's he's had some moments where he's been wide open, and they just not giving him a chance. And plus, you know how I feel about RAS scores. He's the, like the top percentile athlete in terms of a receiver in the last 20 years. So give him a chance, right? Give Yoshi a shot. What do you guys think? I think it's going to be your guy, downtown Charlie Brown Jones. <laughs> I think, listen, nobody runs to the sidelines faster than him. He works he, east and west he, so good, doesn't he? If you, yeah, listen, Tom, when, when the time's running out, you need quick short passes, quick slants to the, to the sidelines, little fade routes. We got we to go down. We, it's two-minute drill with Charlie Jones always. Charlie Jones. <laughs> Charlie Brown Jones. Uh, you throw it to him. He's going to have 15 catches for 20 yards, but all downhill, all to the sidelines there. Never if you seen want my a guy run faster east and west that, in my life. That's right. If you want my serious answer, it's Trent Irwin because I yeah. think he's the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, you you know, I not not even talking about the bits that you guys are doing with Charlie Jones right now. Charlie Brown Jones. Charlie the downtown great, Charlie downtown. Brown the, Jones. The, the, the great you. pumpkin Charlie Brown Jones. <laughs> 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 but last week we saw him almost break free for a touchdown. Obviously, we we we've talked about the route already. We you know slide overthrow the pizza guy as Casey likes to talk out. But I have a feeling, a strange feeling, a hankering that. Charlie Jones is going to have a huge play at some point in, in this week's game. I think, really? I, I, I really do. We haven't seen his name called, but a No, we times. haven't. We saw it. We saw it in the punt return against the, the Baltimore Ravens. Back saw in it on the two. injured list. Then he was a long time on the injured list. I think he's a, a great vertical threat, and I think at some point he's going to slip back, especially with the safeties that – that Casey brought up, the safety uh, issues that the Steelers have, I think at some point Charlie Jones is going to slip back there and he's going to have a huge play in a critical moment. This is going to be much to, much to Tom Brenneman's chagrin. It's not my chagrin. I'm rooting for the kid. It's much, much because we, we, we know that you just, you just hate those Big Ten guys, that it's going to be Charlie Jones. <laughs> yeah, right. Breaking loose some point in the game, he's going to have a huge play. But Are we sure he's playing, by the way? 
Is he questionable at all? No, he's he's, he's good. He's good. Okay. He's all good. He now. got rocked at the end of that regulation. Boy, did he get hit. Rocked he did. That was a scary guy. hit. There's no doubt. That was and that's such a dangerous job, man. It does take courage to do that job. I think it's the hardest. I, I think low that might be the hardest job. That might, one of them at least. A punt return man. That's that's brutal. Uh t- this is a sidetrack that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but just being a punt returner. But my best friend was our punt returner back in eighth grade, and he talked every day about how much he hated doing it. And you know what this, the call sign is for, for get away from it, get away from yeah. it, right? Peter, 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 Peter. I was on the punt team with him, and he did not return a single punt all year long. He's like, I ain't taking it in. I don't blame so, you. So the punt would go up, and I would just hear, I'd be running back trying to block for him. I'd just hear, Peter, 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 Peter. And every time we'd rush on out, didn't return a single punt Never all Never get on a guy who does that gig. No doubt about nope, it. Nope, nope. Even though Elliot's beating him down about running east and west. <laughs> I think Tom was Did beating you him say down. that? I think you were saying that. Have you, you ever said it first? <laughs> I don't think so. I, think I piled on. <laughs> Charlie Charlie Jones, every time he returns a punt, runs probably 45 to 50 yards. Now, the net gain is normally around yeah. four to five yards. <laughs> right. But he gets he, he gets his steps in. Yes, he does. He gets his steps in. Yes, he does. Which, you know, after the, after the show yesterday, I'm driving back. And I get back home, and, 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 and I was bouncing around later in the day and and looking at some uh, some stats, you know, we joke around a lot about this, but this Brad Robinson, terrible. You know, we've learned the last couple of years, the Super Bowl two years ago, last year AFC Championship game, how when you're right there with another, you know, trip to the Super Bowl on the line or, or in the Super Bowl to win the game. Mm-hmm. Just about every single time, you can look at like three or four plays that can spell the difference between winning and losing a game. You know, and, and it could be in the first quarter. But we know what happened last year when, you know, Chrisman hit the ball wrong off his foot and it allowed the putt return to come back, setting up the game-winning drive for Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, and the entire city went south on Christmas. Well, again, we, we challenge you. Just go look up the numbers after Christmas took over last year compared to what they're watching this year. Bengals are 31st in the league. Punting. 31st. What am I getting at here? I just hope that one of these special teams plays it doesn't come back to Burnham again here because they have such a small margin for error to get into the postseason. And we're joking around about, about Charlie Jones and that kind of thing. But, I mean, this Brad Robbins thing is ridiculous. I think there was, a, there was a punt in that game on Saturday where I think we were at our own maybe 30, maybe 25, somewhere around there. And he did a 30 – he kicked a 36-yard punt. 36 yards. You're a professional punter, buddy. You're just a professional punter, buddy. You are. It can't happen. And then eventually, and that is my fear as well, Tom, that it will come back and bite us in the ass. We're at the 50-yard line. He can't, he can't get it inside the 10. It'll always be around the 20, or he'll blast it in the back of the end zone for a, uh, a touchback. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's preposterous. And how this hasn't been addressed, I guess I don't, know what you, I don't know what you can do when you just have a bad punter. I guess you just lose that year. I don't know. I, I guess because you can't go out and really find another one during midseason. No, and yeah. guys sure are like punters are and field goal. Last year. Punters and field goal kickers oftentimes, except for the greats. You know, I mean, the, you know, the long-term greats, right? 
they they they're gonna have off years. They're like major league baseball relief pitchers. You know, they'll they'll have two or three good years in a row, and then all of a sudden everything around them blows up in one season. And sometimes you'll see those guys come back mm-hmm. and then have two or three. I mean, maybe this is just one of those years. His first time in the NFL. Um, but but now you're, you know, you're down to serious nut cutting time here now. I mean, you can't have anybody. The one dude who never lets up, and and. and Hope I'm not jinxing him. We rarely ever talk about McPherson. The guy is an unbelievable weapon for this team. I he is I an said, unbelievable yeah. weapon for this team. Yeah. He, no, I, we talk, I talk with Trace about this from time to time. About Has there been a, a, a more drastic development in sport than the improvement of kickers across, yeah. across the board over the last 15, 10, 20 years? You're right. Tw- 20 years ago... If a dude was kicking a 43-yard field goal, you're like, ah, that's that's yeah. reaching. That's a reach, right? Yep. Like that, that's a long kick. Yep. Now, if you miss a 43-yard 40, field goal, you're, <laughs> you might as well pack your bags. Like if you, if you can't kick 43-yard field goals at a consistent rate, see you later. No, now no doubt about 50, that. Those, those are almost thought of as automatic. Now. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's the, the only ones, even 50-yard field goals nowadays. You think like right at 50 yards, you're thinking – I think this is this is a good kick. Like yeah. we're gonna make this. It's when you get in the mid fifties that you start you start really stretching fifty plus. Yeah, Evan McPherson is someone that you know got a lot of praise back in twenty twenty one during the playoff run. Rightfully so, game winning kicks in three consecutive or yeah two consecutive games. Obviously was a boot in the against the Titans and was great against the the Chiefs. And since then, you know, he, he's missed a, he missed a couple kicks to begin last year, but he's been absolutely nails and and, and has been fantastic. And, and maybe we don't give him enough credit in this city. Maybe we've just kind of grown accustomed to like, hey, Evan McPherson's going out there for another 53-yard field goal. Here comes another make. Yeah. Because um, when he misses, it's a shock. It is a shock. Yeah, that's that's the complete paradox or the, the complete um, difference between him and Brad Robbins. When Brad Robbins actually has a punt that looks like an NFL punter, you're like, oh, that was nice. Good job there, BR. You did great. You you punted at 43 yards. You're right. And then the the vice versa, when Evan McPherson misses a 55-yard field goal, you're like, man, that that was an uncharacteristic miss from our guy. Yeah. Hasn't missed an extra point is what you said, right? Yeah. We are one of like five teams that have not missed an extra point. I think he's like 34 for 34. Um, From 50-plus, he's about middle of the pack. I think he's like 7 for 12, but we do, because he has the leg that can get to like 57-yard field goals and stuff like that, we know that that is a possibility. We do stretch him out. Other teams, if they don't have a kicker to, to kick a 57-yard field goal, they don't even attempt it. But, yeah, he's about he's about middle of the pack from 50-plus. Yeah. They, uh, they, they, these are such huge. It makes it so much fun. I mean, really, at the end of the day, in a season, you, you, you know, maybe we pay a little bit more attention to being grateful and thankful. Yeah, we, we are grateful and thankful that at least here we are, kind of like the red season. We thought that, you know, we were going to have to pray from April until July when Bengals training camp started that, that you know, we j- just get to training camp because right. the Reds are going to be so bad. We got nothing to talk about around here. Well, that wasn't the case. It's a Memorial Day, right? Right. And we thought four weeks ago that, oh, man, now what? Our show, is anybody going to watch? Anything to talk about? We got anything to talk about, you know? And now, all of a sudden, here we are, three weeks to go in the season. And the Bengals are eight and six, and they're very much in the, in the hunt to get to the playoffs. And once you get there, you never know what might happen. 
Um, we got Paul Doherty coming up at 11, so let's get to some ad reads here, Casey, mm. if you don't mind. All right. So we got Doc coming up later in the show, right? We're going to play Fraud or For Real. That's a new one. And Buy or Sell. Fraud or For Real. Correct. And Buy or Sell. All right, those are coming up later after Paul Doherty. Please, Casey, the stage in that big league lid is yours. Thank you, Tom. Don't you have the, a stink list to do, Casey, too? Uh, yeah, if we get to it, it it's not a big deal. Um, Encore Report is brought to you by – or the Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center. Supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and productivity. You can visit Encore.TechPath. The innovation begins here. And let me tell you about this lovely bottle of water. Pawnee Water, made right here in Hamilton, Ohio, uses natural limestone filtration. Unlike the artificial processing that other brands use, the result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Visit Pawnee Water at P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF. Mm. Technology solutions from Encore. Mm. Drink lots of Pawnee water. <clears throat> bet. And bet with Betfred. Not bet on Betfred. But you can also bet on Betfred. That's the that's the that's the great that's the genius behind that. You can bet on Betfred and bet with Betfred. Both work. Both that's work. Right. English. What's your favorite thing about Pawnee water, Casey? My favorite thing about Pawnee water? Yeah. Um, Probably the pH level. It's not a seven. It's not a nine. It's a perfect yeah. eight. Yeah. yeah that's Mine, for me, it's the smoothness. Is it the smoothness? It goes down the gullet nice and easy. That's right. Uh, if you ask, are you going to ask me? Yeah, I was going to get there. Yeah. Well, um, well, let me ask real quick. Hey, Reed. Yeah? What's your favorite thing about Pawnee water? Ooh, good question, Elliot. My favorite thing about Pawnee water is the natural limestone filtration. Listen, these other these other places, they're, they're, they're filtrating unnaturally, artificially. <laughs> we do it. With, with with natural limestone, not lemon pebbles, but limestone. Mm. That's that's how that's how Pawnee water does it right here in Hamilton. That's why it truly is the best tasting water in the world. I got a couple other things really quickly to just okay. promote. Sling it our way, big pimpin. Our store. That's right. It's chatterboxsports.com slash store. Yep, that's is right. That right. That's right. And then uh, also we have the uh, Chatterbox Reds Tonight. memberships and stuff like that. Check that out. Um, there's tickets involved, um, exclusive content, things of that nature. Um, check out Chatterbox Bengals, Cassie's Clicker. Is there anything else I'm missing, guys? Is there? There is a Chatterbox Reds live stream tonight. tonight. That's right. They're gonna they're gonna wrap up the 2023 year. Um, probably they're going to talk about how David Bell deserved to be manager of the year for finishing third place in the NL Central. Okay. <laughs> oh, it, 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 that line never fails to not show up somewhere here. Uh, just seeing if anything's going on here in the chat today that I need to be aware of. Uh, doesn't look like it. Am I missing anything here, fellas? Any, nope, any no big super news? Chats. People are talking how far Elliot can kick 
if, if Evan McPherson went down, is Elliott our backup? That is a good question. What happens? Goes to the punter, I think, right? Like, I think punt, like, like well, Brad Robbins would, well, would – they he, probably just wouldn't kick at all. Yes. Right? They probably just wouldn't kick. The emergency – here's a fun fact. The emergency punter, because each team has that just in case, the emergency punter for the Kansas City Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes. Really? So if their punter goes down, it's Mahomes. Well, that's how like, mo- like most high schoolers – most high school teams, the punter is just the best athlete on the field. Like they, yeah. just, they just ask the quarterback or the wide receiver, like, hey, can you punt the ball too? Yeah, here you go. All right, let's get to our main man, who we have not seen in a long time. I mean, he's a big league operator. He always was back in his days at, uh, you know, the Enquirer, lead sports columnist for over 30 years. But now he's behind his paywall thing on Substack. I mean, he's got all these fancy website things going. Paul Doherty, welcome back. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? We're doing good. We miss you. How's everything? Life treating you all right? You ready for the holidays? You ready for Christmas? Going to be around family? What are you up to? Uh, yeah, all, all of the above, man. And um, TML's rolling. We we got the paywall now. We, we're capitalists. We're not giving this away anymore, you know? Yes. So, all good, bro. Got my, got my Kenny Anderson autographed Keystone Light hat on. Ooh, love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. much better than that. And nobody and then, else what, in the world has one of these, except maybe Kenny himself. What's that sweatshirt? What's that, what's that say? I can't see it. It says champion athletic. Oh, nice. They, they make the best sweatshirts. And I mean, we're not they getting do. paid, but, but I think they make the best hoodies. Uh, if I'm going to buy a sweatshirt, I'm only going to buy a champion sweatshirt. Those well, are big I, I was a champion man before being a champion man was cool. Really? I didn't even know it was cool. I, I didn't know that anybody else felt that way about those. I didn't know that. Maybe it's still not. I'm still waiting. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But they, they are. They're the best. Um, all right. I want to get to your thoughts here on this Bengals thing. Because, you know, isn't it crazy where we were four weeks ago? We were talking about this just before you came on. It was a dreary day four weeks ago at Paycor on a Sunday. They had just lost to the Ravens. They had lost their starting quarterback, the franchise guy for the year. Jake Browning, nobody knows. You know, he wasn't even all that good in the preseason. Uh, So now here we are four weeks later, Doc, and this guy has taken the town by storm, and they're still in the hunt. Yeah, remarkable. And I think it's it's as big a reflection on the the, uh, the franchise's uh, stature right now that, that it is on Browning, and Browning's been terrific, but he doesn't do it by himself. And I, I remember writing after Burrow got hurt, we're going to find out a little bit about this organization now. Um, you don't have your, your big gun anymore, and it's, it's the, the classic NFL chicken and egg thing, right? Is, is it Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Well, now is is it uh, is it Joe Burrow or, or is it everybody else? It turns out that um, at least for the time being, that that everybody else is pretty good. You know, I mean, I mean Taylor and Callahan have have, have uh, designed great game plans for this guy. Uh, his, his coach pitcher has done wonderfully with him. Uh, if you watch, go back and watch the video of his first start against the Steelers. And then watch what he did last week. It's night and day. Um, I mean, all, all, all credit to, 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 to Browning, to Jake Browning, but he also got to take into account, you know, the, the, the guys that, that brought him in here um, when Minnesota didn't want him and the guys who have coached him up. So it's 
the whole thing is reflected very well on everybody involved, not not just the quarterback. Um, so so now here you are, and and you know you grew up. Uh, I, I you were if, correct me if I'm wrong. The formerly uh, the Washington Redskins, you were actually a fan of theirs. But but Pittsburgh, I mean, you had some rooting interests there, you know, and you've been around a long time and, and, and covered a lot of Bengal Steelers games. And the overwhelming majority of both of those, uh, unfortunately for the Bengals, have been won by the Steelers through the years. Um, there seems to be something going on in Pittsburgh right now that, that I got to be honest with you, Doc. It's not to say they haven't had bad years before. I mean, because at the end of the day, they're still a 500 team. It's not like this has been a total disaster. Their offense has been a disaster. But there just seems to be some stuff going on that you just don't see from the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise. Yeah, I, I, it's, um, and I've written this a bunch of times and writing it again today. It, uh, it's, it's not the Mike Tomlin we used to know. Uh, and seen most clearly recently by the way he's dealt with George Pickens or not dealt with George Pickens, you know. Guy comes out and says earlier this week that the reason he didn't uh, he didn't make a block for his teammate who might have scored had had Pickens thrown the block was that he didn't want to risk injury. Uh, th- that's an insult to everybody who's ever played the NFL, let alone just the Steelers. I mean, every guy who's played through pain, every guy who's come back early from an injury, you know, every guy who has put team ahead of self, uh, he just insulted and. and Tomlin's response was basically nothing. You know, he's a young man. He's immature. He has to work through some problems. Hell no. The old Mike Tomlin would have benched him this week. You know? In fact, he has benched guys in the past. And even Marvin Lewis benched Chad Johnson, if you recall. And it was against the Steelers. It was a night game. I don't know if it was a Monday or a Thursday, but it was a night game. And Chad had acted out one too many times. And even Marvin, who never really took a hard line with players, benched Chad. Uh Mike Tomlin's letting this guy slide. And um, this is not, talent-wise, one of the bad Steeler 8-8 eight and eight kind of teams. They have a lot of talent on this team, yep. especially on defense. Um, they should be better than 7-7, seven and seven, and they damn sure shouldn't have lost to, uh, to New England. And, and who are they? They lost somebody Arizona. else. Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. And you can't be losing to New England and Arizona with the talent you have on this team. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, rejoice, Bengal fans. This is a, 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 a freak moment in history when the Steelers are not the Steelers. No, they're, they're not. There There's just so much undercurrent there. And I, I just really wonder. I mean, they've not fired a coach. And for all the people around here and Marvin and and look, I, I know you've written it, and I, and I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, Marvin is one of the most pivotal people player or coach in the history of this Bengals franchise from where they were in that lost decade, as you like to call it in the 1990s, he takes over, starts cleaning up the, the, the boat and the dock and the ship and the whole nine yards, uh, gets into the playoffs every year, can't win a playoff game. Um, and you know, that's that, but the Steelers have not fired a coach in 40 years. They didn't fire Chuck Noll. They didn't fire Bill Cowher. Bill- and yeah. they ain't going to fire Mike Tomlin, are they? No, not, I don't think there's any chance of that whatsoever. Um, maybe Tomlin takes a hard look at himself and says, I, I got to be back to being who I was. I remember they used to, they had a guy named Willie Parker. Remember Willie yep, Parker? Of course. Back, yep. Who complained about not getting enough touches. And, and Tomlin said something along the lines of, you know, 
I, I walk in this building every day and I see five Lombardi trophies and I don't see one rushing yard trophy, you know, perfect. Yeah. In other words, this, this organization, this team is a hell of a lot more important than you are. And you might as well get used to that because that's just the way we do business around here. Well, it's not the way they do business in, in 2023, but no, I, I, Tomlin's going nowhere. Okay, I, I want to hit some other topics with you because you write about a, 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 a lot of different things. The Reds. This time last year, uh, we, we know what happened the season before. Lost over 100 games for just a second time in the history of the franchise. Uh, no expectations whatsoever outside of maybe the, the big three as they were labeled. Uh, and none of them was, was the big three. They were at times, but they weren't collectively. Um, and, and, you know, and everybody was counting on Jonathan Indy and Tyler Stevenson. Well, here we are a year later, they have an unbelievable run at it. Don't get eliminated until the last week in the playoff race, a wild card race. Um, all these young players come up, they've been active, uh, so far in free agency, but they've yet to pull the trigger on uh, their their most vital or critical need, most feel, and that is a bona fide veteran starting pitcher, front of the line guy. Do you feel like right. that they that they let down the the fran or they let down the fan base where now the expectations are so very different? Do they let them down by not making that deal if they don't make it? Uh, I I don't know. Emotionally, I'd say yes. Um, we were led to believe that they, they would make a run at, at a top-of-the-line guy, and apparently they did with Sonny Gray and didn't get him. Worse than that, St. Louis did. Uh, so emotionally, yeah, sure. You're a fan. You see the promise of last year. You, you understand that Joey Votto's contract is off the books, uh, and, and a lot of your team is, is under cost-controlled team control. So, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, realistically, who are they going to get, you know? They're, they're not going to get the guys that are off the board now. They're not going to get the, the guy Yamamoto from Japan. Uh, they're, they're not going to get Blake Snell. They're just not. I mean, the, the, those numbers are so way out of line with what the Reds can afford that, yeah, forget it. I mean, it depends on how you define top of the line. If Dylan Cease is your definition of top of the line, then, yeah, maybe they, they get Dylan Cease. Uh, he's, he's just okay. Not great. Uh, Lucas Giolito, same boat. I, I think they may add one more guy, but he certainly won't be the guy that makes everyone, everybody want to rush out and buy season tickets. No. And it's their fault, I guess, to a small extent, but it's it's the economics of the game, Tom. We all know that. They're, they're just not going to go out and get Shohei Otani or the pitching equivalent. It's not going to happen. It doesn't matter how much we want it to happen or they think it will happen. They're never going to have the money to get a guy like that. You know, maybe maybe Jordan Montgomery type of guy. He'd be great. He'd be the top of this rotation. And oh, I think maybe. he's still available. I can't keep track, but I think he is. Yes, he is. Uh, yes, he is. Okay, well, if the Yankees don't get Yamamoto, they, they probably make a big run at, at Montgomery and pay him more money than the Reds would ever be able to pay him. So it's disappointing, yeah, but that's that's kind of life in Major League Baseball. Um, college basketball. UC, 
Let's start with them. We know they're getting ready to start that uh, grueling Big 12 conference schedule. I think five of their first six conference games are against teams that are ranked in the top 25 in the country. They're going through this whole eligibility deal with Reynolds, who's rolled the dice. He's playing. We'll wait and see how all that plays out. I sure hope for the kid's sake that he's able to play and he doesn't get this year taken away because it's, it's just so ridiculous. Uh, what the NCAA is doing in this case, and many, many others, men and women, uh, at college athletes all over the country. But, um, but, but as it pertains to Wes Miller, now, he's not getting run either. But this is a, I think this is a talented team, man. I mean, I really think they've got good talent on this team. But in their two biggest games so far this year, they were a no-show against Xavier, and especially the other night against Dayton. You know, I don't think it's unreasonable, Doc, to you to start expecting this team to start winning some some big games. Well, yeah, and those are the only two games that, that you might have gotten some kind of a measuring stick uh, from watching. I mean, I mean, the early season schedule, when you play Bryant and Stetson and, and Hyphen schools and, you know, well, what does that tell you? I don't think it tells you anything. Um, so we'll see. This is his third year. Uh, he himself, Miller, has admitted that, you know, I don't I don't really know how to make this team go yet. The pieces are not clicking yet. Uh, well, that that's kind of your job, man. You know, that's yep. what you're supposed to do. You know, make these pieces fit. I, I think... For them, as, as well as for almost any other college basketball team now in this era of, of the portal and nil, you know, it's so much about being comfortable with the guys you're on the court with. It's so much about teamwork. Basketball is all about teamwork. You know, being the, able to count on a guy or know where a guy is going to be in a certain situation uh, when you're playing five on five, you're not getting that anymore. Guys aren't staying long enough. You know, the notion that, you know, you've got, you know, three senior starters or even junior starters coming back is, is ancient. So it's really put a premium on a coach's ability to get his team playing like a team by the time March Madness rolls around. Certainly, hopefully, by the time conference play rolls around. I think that's what we're seeing not only at UC, but at Xavier is this sort of unfamiliarity with one another is costing them. I think it's costing a lot of places, but you can see it here fairly obviously. They don't, whether it's UC or Xavier, they don't have the pieces working the way they want them to work. Now, a lot of, a lot of games will be played, so we'll see. But right now, I think you're seeing the effect of, of that constant churn now we're going to have because of the way the system is. All right. Now, one of the last thing I want to ask you is, is about Michigan, because you, you pay a lot of attention to stuff that goes on in college athletics and college sports. Uh, you know, I, I, I think your term was quasi-amateur, and, and it, Lord knows it, it's, it's full all-out professional sports now, basically, at the major college level. But, man, th this Michigan thing, uh, Doc, I, I, to me, this looks like they might be in for a rough go here. Uh, they had the, the thing handed down yesterday about the recruiting stuff during COVID. They've got this investigation that now the FBI has taken over. Uh, in relation to computer stuff. I don't think anybody really knows the scope of that investigation, at least not publicly. Uh, and then you've got the sign-stealing thing, which the NCAA has not wrapped up and addressed yet. Th this is a big story, man. I think it is. Am I wrong, you think, or, or, or not really? 
I'm not following it as closely as I did the sign stealing thing because I the sign stealing thing was kind of funny. I mean, it was terrible. You shouldn't do that, obviously, but it, it was kind of amusing to me that the guy could just show up at a stadium and you know train his cell phone on the other team for for three hours. But um, yeah, man, you you want you want everything to be up and up. It, it shouldn't be amusing and it shouldn't be entertaining or make college football more interesting as some have suggested you got to know that the game is on the up and up if you don't know the game's on the up and up you can't really have the game and we won't even get into to, to wagering because that's a whole new can of worms but i i don't know it, it just shows i guess what's important to me what's interesting is is how the the world has reacted the ncaa has reacted and how the world and the ncaa will continue to react as these stories keep showing up what matters more you know what matters more to you do you care about all this as a fan or an administrator uh if your team is still playing for a national championship does it matter to you that all this stuff is going on i'd say most places Probably not. Yep. You know, Michigan likes to set itself up as, as being above all that and holding itself to a, to a higher standard uh, that they're not living up to right now. So we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I, I I tend not to take it all that seriously because I think a lot of this stuff has been happening for a very long time and it's just kind of fallen on Michigan this time. All right. That's fair enough. Well, Doc, it's great catching up with you. As always, we appreciate your time. And look yeah, forward man. to having you back soon. Have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, you too. You too, guys. All you and, guys. And if people want to give as a Christmas present the, the, the chance to read your stuff, where would they go to do that? Well, you go to the morning line, one word, dot substack, dot com, and that's me. You sign up with your email. It comes in your inbox. Once a week, it comes in for free. The other four or five times, you might have to start paying. Um I hope it would make a decent gift for for somebody to give to a, a relative, sort of an expatriate Cincinnatian yeah. living someplace else who wants to keep up with what's going on around here and, and can put up with my kind of screwy sense of humor. But uh, yeah, we're doing well. We're, we're doing much better than I thought we would. I never had any hopes for this thing at all in terms of being a, a financial success. You know, I'm, I'm not... I don't have to rob banks anymore, Tom, to be able to to afford the life to which I'd become accustomed back in my my salad. Well, if you could teach me how to rob banks, because I'm getting very, very close to having to do that. So if you could just give me some of your <laughs> secrets, I would much appreciate it. Yeah, I'll All help right, you buddy. out if you need. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas, Doc. Yeah, you too. All right. Great to have Paul Doherty back. He is just so on it, still on it. Uh, Jolly Jolly writes from Los Angeles that he 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 bought the morning line. Uh, at, at substack.com he's out in los angeles uh and he's a he's a hamiltonian as we know a proud hamiltonian proud as hamiltonian. are hamiltonians and so he bought that uh so out in la he can really you know get a feel and doc gives you the feel of what's going on no doubt. i mean good bad or indifferent he always has he's not afraid to speak the truth and uh, and, and we like the truth seekers here on off the bench all right are we ready to go yeah, let's rock and roll. We Are do, we ready we, to go? We, yes. Where do you want to start? You're the boss around here, the lead producer. So could you please tell us where you would yeah, like come to on, begin? Lead producer. I would like to first acknowledge our, our two super chats that we've gotten recently. Chi-Town Real Estate, Chicagoland says, with a $2 super chat, says, 
Happy holidays, my beautiful people. Yes. Chi-Town always brings in just the merriest little messages, and we appreciate you. Happy holidays, Chi-Town. Happy holidays to everyone. Everyone's beautiful. Yes. Parker Blake with a $10 super chat said Midwestern Tommy Chong was definitely not on my bingo card today. So that's a $10 super chat from Parker Blake. What is that one? What is that? Is this from Cheech and Chong? I imagine. Yeah. Tommy. You Tommy. guys aren't even old enough to know Cheech we and know Chong. We know Cheech and Chong. We know Ellie, 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 Ellie knows Cheech and Chong. I've never seen the film. <laughs> Ellie knows great. Cheech and Chong. Just the lifestyle. I've heard, I, I hear very good things about it. Just the lifestyle. Kyle Brown, bowling is a happy uh, Hamiltonian. Yes, Kyle Bowling. Yeah, no doubt about it. Bowling's. Jordan says Hamilton must be really getting to Tom. About to turn to crime to survive. That's not nice. That's not nice, Jordan. Do banks even carry cash? This is where we come to, law, come to work every day. What's that? Can, can, can robbing a bank be even be fruitful these days? Like, do oh, they still I think carry it'd be very fruitful. That happens. I'm just saying, like, do they still carry cash? Are they still required to carry 10% of question. the cash? Because that used to be a, a law. They had to carry 10% of the people that were a part of that bank cash. I think that's long gone. So I think it's all just digital. It's all just uh, zeros and Let's try and it. No, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Right down the road. First financial. All right. The first game we're going to play, Tom, and we're going to keep the NFL talk right here. We played a game. We started a game last week. We called Frauds or For Real. This was in your absence. We went around and we talked about the teams of the National Football League. We said, which teams are frauds yep. and which teams are for real. We're not we love play. that word, frauds, around. Yes, we do. It's thrown around quite a bit. Um, this week, instead of teams, we're going to do quarterbacks. Which quarterbacks are frauds? And which quarterbacks are for real? And, and it's open to interpretation, however you want to interpret it. So without further ado. Because no, I was going to ask that because I don't know what names are coming up. So it's going to be a surprise to me, just like you at home when we rip these off. So whatever your interpretation is. So you could pick a guy and I, and, and, and I could just decide that I'm going to give him either, you know, one or the other based on what I think. Correct. As far as meaning, meaning that say, say Dak Prescott, maybe we're going to get to him. Okay. That's, so, that's a good guess. you know, would he, would he be a guy that I think could win the Super Bowl, or is he a guy that is a really good regular season quarterback? Right. So, okay. Open to interpretation and everybody can explain once they give their answer. Right. right? Yeah. So it's, I guess is, is if you read the temperature of the room, does he get too much flack for how good he is or like, is he better than when in public opinion, or is he worse than public? Like, we're not going to be talking about Easton Stick here, Easton whatever that guy's name is. We're not going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes here because those are those are camps. Those are, I mean, those are those are done deals, right? Right. All right. So frauds or for real, we'll start. Here we out. go. And I think we're going to start this one out with Casey because Casey okay. has a, has an opinion on this guy. Oh. Trevor Lawrence. Wow. Fraud or for real, Casey? There's actually you've done some actual. Um, you done some number crunching on this. Yeah, and I actually have it pulled up here because I was looking at this beforehand, and I'll just do this little this little test for everyone really right. quickly. Okay. Two players have pretty much the exact same stats. I'm gonna read them out for you, and you tell me who player A and player B is, right? Player A has 1,200 yards total. The other one has basically 1,200 yards. 12,000. Sorry, yes, 12,000. The other player Big has difference. 66 touchdowns. The other has 64 touchdowns, 53 total turnovers, 54 turnovers, 64% completion percentage, 63% completion percentage, yada, yada. The records, 
One is 20 and 28. The other is 19 and 29. One of them is Trevor Lawrence. The other one is Danny Dimes. And we just hate Daniel Jones. Hate him. Who's we? Don't put all of us in that category. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm, speaking, I'm speaking to a larger audience yeah, here. I'm, spe- I'm, I'm speaking to a larger audience that uh, most people don't give Danny Dimes – uh, any respect, and they give Trevor Lawrence all the respect. No respect. I think Trevor Lawrence is a fraud, hands right. down. I think he's a fraud. Fraud, fraud, fraud. Fraud, fraud, fraud. I'm going to also agree with Casey. I was never high on him. I didn't think he was going to be a great NFL quarterback. He's a serviceable NFL quarterback, but Everett said it in the chat, and I agree with him. He's never going to be mentioned with the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons, the Joe Burrows, the Justin Herberts. He's never going to be on that list. He is, he is a tier behind them thus making him a fraudulent quarterback. I think he's a fine quarterback. He's a Derek Carr-esque, but not very, I, I would say fraud. I think Trevor Lawrence is for real, guys. I'll say that. I know the stats aren't quite there, but we're talking about a guy who was the top, top recruited quarterback in high school. Yep. When he gets to college, beats out a guy that, that had won a lot of games out of Clemson. I forget that quarterback's name, but I think Clemson was like 4-0, and the guy took him – had a lot of success last year, and Dabo Sweeney said Trevor Lawrence is better. And then Trevor Lawrence has one of the best college careers that we've ever seen. Yep. First overall pick. Everyone knew he was going to be the first overall pick. In his second year, takes the, the Jags to a postseason and over a 17-game stretch from the end of last year to the middle of this year. They were 13-4, and four, the Jags are. I know they're on a stretch right now. Trevor Lawrence is a little banged up. But Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be one of the top teams in the AFC for time to come. So, yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is for real. Tom? I tell you, I wrestle with this one. I really do because the talent is there. There is no question about it. I mean, yeah, he size. is an extraordinarily talented young man. Great arm, tough, big, strong, fast, can run. There is a lot to like. I'm I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say for real. Yes, Tom. I'm gonna say for real. Boo. You're gonna, you're Although the jury is 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 still deliberating. So I mean if they had to come back with, like, just to give you a little teaser, which juries can't do, of, of which way they're leaning, I'm leaning for real, but, but I, can be, I can be convinced otherwise. All we'll right. see how it plays out. You want to see it play out a little bit? All right, All see right. it play out. Uh, we'll keep it right there in the sunshine, in the sunshine state. Wow. Oh, to a tug of a low Wow, or, this is a good one. Fraud or for real, the lefty. A lot of people say, listen, we, we, we've seen some great things from Tua. We've seen some not-so-great things. He's got... So many weapons. He's got a great offensive mind as, as the coach. Obviously, the injuries are there. Is Tua a fraud or is he for real? Every once in a while on X.com, formerly, formerly Twitter, there will be a compilation of Tua throws that are just absolutely terrible. And you might say, if you clip up a compilation of any quarterback, you might have those, those throws. I don't think anyone's compilation is as bad as Tua's. Without Tyreek Hill, I firmly believe Tua is a mediocre quarterback at best. That is my opinion. I think he is a fraudulent quarterback. Take away Tyree Kill from that team, and they are nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna tread lightly because I know that if there's there's some haters out there that if I say that Tua is made up from the weapons around him, they'll go, oh, what about the guy in Cincinnati? He's got a lot of weapons too. He's got a lot of weapons too. So I'll tread lightly. I will say this: Tua, his whole game is accuracy. Not a whole lot of arm strength there. But that being said, I do believe that Tua is a fraud. I just I haven't seen a whole lot of wow from Tua. I've seen wow from, from Trevor from time to time. I don't see wow from Tua. So I think he's a fraud. 
Yeah, I have to agree with you, Reed. I think two is a bit of a fraud. I don't like the fact that when we take away Tyreek Hill, um, he's not played great. Now, last week he played really, really good without Tyreek Hill. And that was uh, a good Jets that defense. Was, that was a really good Jets I mean, defense. Bad Jets team, but good Jets defense. I would, I would like to continue to see this sort of success, especially against the Cowboys. I would like to see that happen. If right. he could do it's it, if he could do it a couple times without Tyree Kill, then then maybe we have a different conversation. Yeah, they played just three games against teams over 500 this year, and it's not been very fruitful for Tua. Tom. Uh, I think the guy's for real. I, I, I just think you look back on the body of work, he, 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 whether it's – you were just talking about Lawrence a minute ago. Right. I mean, no this guy's it. winning national championships, right, at Alabama. Uh, he, he comes into the NFL. Uh, he, he finally gets a head coach in there who knows what he's doing as far as offense is concerned. I mean, I think they got a really good mind there running the offense. Tyreek Hill's unbelievable, but I mean – if you took Tyree Kill off any team, the quarterback's not going to look as great. Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, you know, they're not. And it'd be the same thing if you took away Jamar Chase mm -hmm. from Joe Burrow. Right. I mean, you know, you're going to be hard-pressed to have the same kind of numbers. I mean, look, have the Daltons beaten anybody this year? No. We're going to find out what they're all about these next three weeks because you said to me earlier, their schedule the last three weeks, I think you said, was Dallas, Ravens, Bills. Yeah. Yeah. That's why some people are picking them to be a wild card and not win the division. Right. That's yeah, right. They're two games ahead of the Bills. But if they lose one of the next game and the Bills, who play two very easy teams over the next two weeks, if they tie, then then the Bills win it. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be uh, Mike McDaniel was quoted looking at this next uh, three games. You know what he said, Tom? Tough sled, tough sled for the next three games. He didn't say that. No, he didn't. All right. Go ahead. Uh, the next one, you alluded to him earlier. This, this is a tale as old as time, a song as old as rhyme, Tom. Beauty and the Beast. It is Dak Prescott. Yes. Is Dak Prescott a fraud or is he for real? Tom, we start. With Tell you what, man, you're throwing some tough ones out there. And I, I and I think you get this same kind of reaction, um, from, from anywhere of these three guys. Cause I think you really could go. Either direction. I've not seen anything from Dak Prescott that can make me believe that he's going to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. And that's not all his fault. Mm -hmm. But it just seems like when they play the big one, he's not there. Uh, I really like the guy. He just seems like a really good dude to me. He, he, he's well-spoken. He, you never read anything bad about the guy. There's incredible pressure, unlike any other pressure of any other sports franchise in, in any sport. No one has the pressure that Dak Prescott or anyone else has as being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. No doubt. It is relentless pressure. Um, but as far as, you know, if, if I had to have the guy for the next five, five, ten years, he's for real. I'll take him. All right, for real. Listen, I... We'll get to Casey last, but here's the thing about Dak Prescott is, is we will have this, we had this conversation three years ago. We'll have it three years from now because the tape is out on Dak Prescott. You know exactly what you're going to get. Some games he's going to show up and he's going to look lights out and they're going to put up 45 points. Other games, he's going to look like he's never thrown a football before and that's just what you're going to get. 
You mentioned all the things that are great about Dak. He handles the pr- he handles the pressure of the media well. Maybe not so much of the big games. He's clearly, I mean, everything you hear about this guy that he's a great team guy, he's a great leader, yada yada, so on and so forth. But if 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 the the benchmark is that he's a top five quarterback, that he's going to get the Dallas Cowboys to a Super Bowl, I'm still not going to believe that till my eyes see it, and then I'll firmly flip it to the other side, and I'll never change it again. But at this very moment, I think Dak Prescott's a fraud. Okay. I think he's for real. I actually I actually think Dak Prescott's for real. He gets a lot of flack for the playoff stuff. He gets a lot of flack for yes disappearing, uh, looked lost and looked lost in Buffalo for sure, but. I do think if you had Dak Prescott on your team, I don't think you're complaining about who's your quarterback. I think he deserved to be paid. I think he is a one of the, he's a top ten quarterback in the National Football League. You would want him on your team if you're the the other twenty two teams. That's a fact. So, Dak Prescott for real. Two for reals, one fraud. Casey. So I was, I wanted to look at his playoff career. Uh, he's two and four in the playoffs. Not terrible. Um. That Green Bay, his rookie year, he definitely deserved to win that game. That was yeah. an amazing throw at the end of the ball game from Aaron Rodgers to even put them in a position to win that game. The next year, he beats Seattle in the wild card round. They lose the eventual Super Bowl runner-ups in the Rams. Um, that that was a game I, I'm not familiar exactly what what, hap- what happened in that game, but just looking at the numbers, it doesn't really suggest to me that he necessarily lost them that game. And then they play San Francisco – and he got sacked five times. It's hard to win a ball game when you're getting sacked and pressured that many times. I'll give him a pass on that. He beats Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks in 2023 and then loses to San Francisco, who at that moment in time, Brock Purdy was tearing up the league. Yep. Um, you see how they are right now. They don't do well against San Francisco. I... I was leaning towards fraud, but after looking at the numbers and kind of thinking about it more from a holistic view, I don't mm-hmm. think he's been the problem. I don't think he's the reason why they Fair lose enough. playoff games. Fair enough. I think it's a I think maybe last year it was a little bit of him, but that was a tough defense to go up against. That's a tough team to tough. beat. All right, let me ask you this question before we you have one more name here or no? We have one more name. All right, well before we get to that, yeah, and just answer this with, with with the name of the first three guys we've chosen right now. Right? Lawrence, Tua, Dak. You had to have one tomorrow of those three for the next five to seven seasons. Who do you pick? I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Elliot? I mean, for the next five to seven years, I'm still going to— if, if they're both the same age, let's I, get I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with Dak. I think Dak's the better of the three. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going with Dak. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Uh, by the way, I didn't go with. I'm going with Lawrence. Go ahead. I didn't know how long Dak has been in the league. I didn't know he was. I, yeah. yeah, he's been around a while. 2016 was his rookie year. Yep. Yeah, yep. he's been around a while. All right, final guy we got. It's a fun one. Brock Purdy. Oh come on! Fraud, this fraud, is fraud, it. Come on! Come on! Come on! Nobody this? in their Tom, right mind can pick fraud on this one. Tom, you ever see this guy wear a backwards hat at these postgame pressers? It's disgusting. I mean, real quarterbacks it. don't wear these backwards hats, Tom. You got well, it. I agree you with you there. It. They don't do it. You got it. So here's the thing: I'm going to take Brock Purdy as a fraud. That's right. That's because he has Give Christian McCaffrey. He has Christian McCaffrey. Oh my He's got God. George Kittle. He's got Brandon Ayuk. He's got Debo Samuel. He's got a top five defense. He's got a top five offensive lineman. Listen, 
I, you can say whatever you want about him. He's succeeding under uh, under his specific uh, arrangement here. So props to him. But to say that that's, this guy is an MVP when he is not legitimately not a top three player on his team is crazy. Here's the thing, Tom. Oh, is, my God. Is you could throw me under center of the San Francisco 49ers, and I'll throw left-handed, and I'll, and I'll throw for 275 yards and three touchdowns. Because all I got to do is, is just shovel pass it over to Christian Every McCaffrey. Time. Or maybe maybe dump it out to Debo Samuel. So That's all boring. it takes. It's, it's terrible. Casey, fraud or for real? He's for real, guys. Uh, Come yeah, on. absolutely. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Of course, like, you want to blame the, the weapons he's got around him. I'm not blaming anybody. Fine, fine. Put I'm it on the, put it on his weapons. Talent. Well, That's right. it would be one thing. It would be one <laughs> thing if he had, like, top ten stats and he had all these weapons around him. He is the top of, like, every metric. Right. Everything. Every one of them. Every single one and of backwards them. Backwards hats worn. That's what he's number one in. Terrible. It's just ridiculous. Casey, I mean, this guy Fraud has started. This guy has, you know. You're for real, right, Casey? Yes, he's for, for real. real. This guy's made 19 starts. 19! That's it! Two games over a full season. 19, 19 starts. He's, he's 16 and 3. <laughs> he has 42 touchdowns in 19 starts and only 11 picks. And over the last two years, he leads the league in yards per attempt. His completion percentage is almost 70%. And in 19 starts, he's thrown for almost 5,200 yards. Come on. For real, for real, for real. Not buying it. Fraud. I mean, I mean, all those stats are, are all well and dandy, but... Just not buying it. Oh, my God. We Quarterback are, we, rating of 115. Uh, bon <laughs> bonus round, Tom. Frauder for real starting quarterback, Tanner Hudson. <laughs> bonus round. Frauder for real. Taylor thinks you, he's for you, real, man. Yeah, I was getting ready to say you ought to get, present that, that question to Zach Taylor. We should update and say Tanner Hudson, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. Fraud or for real. Well, I mean, if nothing else, it is certainly given the Steelers reason for concern to defend against that would-be Tanner Hudson throw in getting ready for the game this week. Do you think there's any chance we see that play? Not with Tanner Hudson. See, that's that's, a, yeah. that's what Zach Taylor does so We're well. We're not going to go back to Boyd again. It's not Boyd. It's no. not Jamar. They've all had their shot. He's, yeah, he's figured it out. You know who it's going to be? I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. Charlie Jones is going to come up big time, one time this game. You're not saying I, his name right. Downtown, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Lionel Brown, and, Jones, uh, all Linus, and all the other yeah. Peanuts characters, Snoopy, Charlie Jones. I, 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 that play will be run at some point. It's going to be Charlie Jones. Listen, with Zach Taylor and, and you guys, what you don't understand is on third and one, it's not about converting; it's about the culture. If you establish <laughs> the great culture, you're going to be fine, and that's what Zach Taylor does for this team. When it's you think Zach Taylor's out here going to throw a, a mediocre Christmas party? He is going to get the boys fired up with the eggnog. He is going to bring the greatest Christmas spirit you've ever seen. The culture in this locker room could not be higher, Tom. That's right. But the only question is, will you know? Will young Chris from Mrs. Kringle's class? That's right. Along with his buddies. Jack and Rudolph. Yeah, Jack Frost. Jack Frost, pardon me, and Rudolph. Will they be back? And will they show up or will they be at that Bengals Christmas party 
filling up the eggnog. I can only hope. With a little extra, what are they pouring it? Rum? Rum. Rum. Okay. All right. What's next? All right. So we, we, we did fraud or for real. Another weekly segment we got is buy or sell. Kind of a similar jest, but this yes, time it it's going to be more more granular topics. Okay. So we'll dive right Big in. Word. Tom. I'm dumping. I've been, you really I've been reading are. My I mean, this week. you have. All right, Tom. Buy or sell. We talked about the Dolphins' road ahead. The Buffalo Bills will win the East. No, they won't. Miami so. will find a way at home to beat either Buffalo. I think that game is in Miami. To right. end the year, right? Right. Or Dallas this week. And they win one of the two, and they're going to win it. So, uh, win it. I, that's – sell. Hit it. Sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. Casey? Ooh, um, you look at Miami's schedule, and it's just tough, man. Tough it's sled. tough sledding. And sure. they got to play the Bills end of the year. I think uh, I think the Bills do win this thing. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Wow. Nice. Okay. Nice. I am going to say – Sell. sell, sell Dolphins sell. are going to win this division. They, they've earned it up until this point. They have to win what? How many more games? They just have to win a game, right? To win it? To clinch it? Yeah, they're just going to win one game. They'll win. Miami Dolphins, congratulations. You've won. Bye, bye, bye. No, wait. Sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. I always forget which one it is. I am going to buy this. I do not think the Miami Dolphins will win this week against the oh. Cowboys. I do not think they will win next week against the Baltimore Ravens. Oh. And I do believe the Buffalo Bills will win their next two games. So it'll come down to the final week of the year, and I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills on the road. So I'm buying. Bye, Buffalo bye, Bills bye. win the division. Okay. Alright. What's next up? Alright, Tom, you're going to like this one. Alright. Because this is your guy. Aaron Rodgers' injury comeback was just a public relations Oh, come stunt. on. Sell, hit it. Sell, sell, sell. If they were in the hunt, he'd be back playing. You may not like Rodgers and some of the stuff he says or some of the things he thinks, but that dude is a gamer. And if they had something to play for, he would be on the field this week. Nothing like telling a guy at the end of the roster that he's not getting paid for Christmas because Aaron Rodgers wanted to do a little publicity stunt where he can be the fastest player ever to return from injury. I'm buying all the way. Oh, Aaron my gosh. Aaron Rodgers. Come on. What do you mean, come on? Some guy just lost his job because Aaron Rodgers wants to not play, but he wants to be called on the active roster. I thought this was cool by Aaron Rodgers. I thought this was legit the whole way. It would have been awesome. He probably would have won Comeback Player of the Year had he taken a snap. At any point during this season, unfortunately, he's like, you know what? Well, I probably shouldn't. Well, yeah, Aaron, because you're still hurt. Those videos of you throwing on the field were sick. But unfortunately, you don't play and you're not going to play. This is a PR stunt. Congratulations to the New York media. You've done it again. I, I want to give a round of applause to Aaron Rodgers because he is the quickest guy to ever come back and be on the active roster from an Achilles injury. Didn't wait the whole offseason. He told us all year long, hey, hey, I'm going to be back. I'm going to get ready to play. I'm going to be ready to be back. Because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. He makes everything, and I mean quite literally everything about himself. He likes to be the gravitational pool of which the NFL orbits around. He can't stay quiet. He, he, he just constantly has to make everything about himself. He's one of the greatest football players the sport has ever seen. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But we all knew he tore his Achilles. Oh, he's done for the year. No, no, no. We've never seen anybody do it. Aaron, what are you talking about? <laughs> I know something you don't know. I know so I know how to get back from injury. I'm going to be the first person ever to play after an Achilles tear in the same season. You just watch it. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm the greatest thing ever. And what do you know? He's not going to play. So, yes, 
I am buying this was a PR stunt because Aaron Rodgers is making it all about himself as he's all done his entire career. Casey? Bye, bye, bye! And he does psychedelic drugs. <laughs> I don't, you know, I do think that if there was a chance, like, here's the thing is, like, I think two things can be true. I think it was a PR stunt, but if the Jets legitimately had a chance to make it into the playoffs or to have a chance to play in the playoffs, I think Rodgers would attempt to come back and he would be sorry. He'd be really sorry because he would not play well and he would play horrendously. So in one in one hand, I'm saying, yes, this was a PR stunt. This is totally a, a, a way to make him look like he's some great all-knowing and, and he can figure – He knows he's, something he's, that we don't. Yeah, he knows something that we don't and that he's going to – defy sports science but at the same time i do think he would have played if they were gonna do something so i guess i'm buying because i do think it was a stunt but how legitimate was it like did he really think that they were gonna be in the playoffs probably not so what's the deal with your boy mouse cop today what's he is he, is he he's, on, getting, uh, he's, he's just getting down on the he's reservation getting down on uc again mouse cop we talked about xavier for the first 15 minutes brother Reed was Reed was talking about it. I didn't slander them. All I do is all I do is share my love for Quincy Oliveri. That's all I do. I mean, he is saying we're nothing more than an extension of your good friends over at ESPN fifteen thirty. Well, where does that come from? I don't know where it comes from. We're I'm on saying, before they're on. We are the tone setters around here. We are. I mean, come on. We're the first ones in the city to host a sports show. The very first ones to have a local show of any That's kind. Right. That is precisely correct. We follow no one's lead. Except God above and country and honor. Go That's ahead. That's right. Big and the low. lawnmower man. Big, big low country. <laughs> All right. Final buy or sell, Tom. Where is he? <laughs> I would buy him a new lawnmower. It looked like it. I would buy him one if we could find him. Yeah, I haven't the, seen I, him. I'm sure the blade's dull after all that. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, a, I, I'd even pay for truck? him. Maybe if he likes that one, I would take it in uh, to the shop. I took mine in recently yeah, just to make sure everything was good for the winter, you know, when you're yeah. shutting it down. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I would do it for him, but I have not seen him. I know. Where buy, are you? Buy or sell, Tom. Ten wins gets the Bengals in the postseason. Uh, I'm buying. You think so? I do. I think they're getting in with ten. Yep. All right. Bye yeah. bye. Hit it. Bye bye bye. Thank you, Casey. I, I, after, uh man, I know what I said earlier today about the ESPN having all those teams at eleven and six. Um, that just makes me feel like if they do end up being ten and seven, most of those teams that the Bengals would be out of it. So I'm actually going to. Sell this. I think they have to get 11 sell, sell, sell. to get wow. out. Hurts my feelings. Uh, I, am, I am going to sell it, and I'll tell you why. I'm a Cincinnati sports fan, and I've never seen anything good. So that means when, when we win 10 games, <laughs> when, we game win, when we win 10 games, it's the worst sports year in Cincinnati. Reed. You should know <laughs> That's this. True. That is when, true. We, when we win 10 games this year, we're going to beat the Steelers. Uh, again, because I responsibly have a lot of money on it. And then when we beat or when we lose to Kansas City and then beat the Browns, which objectively is a great job well done by Jake Browning and the boys, I will be heartbroken because of some terrible tiebreaker uh, because we lost to the Texans in terrible fashion at home. So you're selling? I'm selling this. I am sell, sell, selling. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, and it's going to be heartbreaking. It, this is going to break me. This, this will be very bad. See, that's, that's, that's why I'm going to hit the buy button, Casey, because I'm buying this. Because, listen, buy, buy, if buy. we don't have faith, Tom, 
Right. If you don't have faith in something, hope and change, then we are then we are just a, a mass of atoms walking around. There's this, no doubt this floating rock, and there, there's just no reason. There, there's no nothing to all of it. So if I don't have faith that going two and one and getting ten and seven gets the Cincinnati Bengals into the postseason, then that I just I'm just just I'm just gonna be a sad puppy this whole this whole holiday season, and I refuse to be sad this holiday season. That's exactly right. So I'm buying ten and seven gets us in. When when this Saturday, please for the love of God, please beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Saturday, so I can be happy for for Christmas. I mean, there's no telling, and and look, you know. It, it, and it's getting way, way ahead of yourselves. But, man, the potential of what that Bengals-Brownies game might look like the last week of the season here. Yeah. I mean, that could be the biggest game the two teams have ever played against one another, potentially. That was me and Reed's biggest fear, wasn't it, Reed, that that last game of the year would have right. a lot of meaning for Yeah, but for here's the, the thing. If they win out, then I'm not worried. If they win out until then, so they win the next several games, that game won't mean anything for them. The Browns? Yeah, so that's what we need to do. We need to get to that point. And then yeah, because we'll they're not going to win the division. They would basically Correct. nail down where they sit right now, which is the first wild card spot. Yep. Because you can't go into the top four, so they know they're going to play a road game in the first game. So it doesn't make any – I mean, Baltimore's not going to collapse. They're not giving up a, a, no. a two-game lead with three to go. That's not happening. And, and, for, and For what it's worth, if the Cleveland Browns win their next two games to where they're 11-5, and five, even if we beat them the final week and we go 11-6, and six, they go 11-6, and six. the Bills went out. And the, I, I believe it's the Colts. The Colts uh, would have to go 11 and six. Bengals wouldn't make the postseason at 11 and six. Right. Like there's a chance that even that doesn't get them in, which right. is just which wild. like that's clearly not going to happen. I mean, the all those things could happen. Like any of those teams can go 11 and six, but for all of them to go 11, it's like a it's like a might, less than one percent chance of, make, of that happening. But that is there's a scenario in which 11 and six doesn't get the po- Bengals in the postseason either. I yeah. have hope, and as I've always said, hope is a good thing. Maybe hope the best. Hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things. No good thing ever dies. That's right. Can you name the movie? As I've always said. No good thing ever dies. Hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. No, what is it? I'll let the people in the chat. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Andy Dufresne. Jolly got it. Uh, I knew Jolly go. was going to get it right away. Jolly's child in. He has nothing else to do. I mean, he allegedly has his family <laughs> and all his Fox important stuff. And he has the, uh, you know, he's sitting out there in L.A., uh, La La Land at 8.50, and he's posting Andy Dufresne. Okay, do we have one more? We do have one more. All right. And I, and I just thought of it based on that one. Buy or sell, the Shawshank Redemption is overrated. <laughs> buy, 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 buy. Sell. Oh, buy, 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 buy. Sell. sell. It's oh, not the best movie ever. Oh, it's this, not is when I would, this is when I would buy that fiery thing. the best thing. ever, but that is a, I mean, come on. It's overrated. Bye, bye. You're overrated. Your face is overrated. Think about what I'm saying. People think it's the greatest movie ever. It's not near the greatest movie. It's a fine movie. It's a good movie. But it is overrated because it's not the best movie ever. So bye, bye, bye. I mean, that's just wild. It's a great film. It's Yeah. It's, it's a great story. It's a wonderful story. All right, we got 10 minutes left. Um, I wanna, since you're not here tomorrow, Elliot, we, we said we, I wanted to bounce around the room a little bit, hear from some of you as well. Please, in the chat, tens of thousands of you, both on Twitter and uh, YouTube, about your uh, Christmas plans. Because Ugh. Casey will be here tomorrow, good Lord willing. I'll be here tomorrow. Reed, you'll be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Leaguer's not going to be here tomorrow. And, uh, and he'll be hanging out with... Big League Paul, Quitter Paul. Somewhere. I will not. I will be at a league. Um, Lake so, Santee. Okay. So, um, 
your Christmas plans. Specifically, uh, what are you doing Christmas Eve? Yes. Are you, is your family, when, when, if you exchange gifts, and some families don't, if you exchange gifts, do you do it Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? So my family, we, we've got it down to a science. Now I'm very lucky to have, you know, every member of my family still with me. So I, I have four grandparents. Uh, I go to two grandma and grandpas on Christmas Eve. We go to Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve mass. Then we go to... Uh, Midnight I'm, mass? Not midnight mass, okay. 5 p.m. And then I go to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them how I call them. If you don't like the way I call them, uh, then you can go elsewhere. But Mama and Papa Pete, as they, I call them, uh, I will go to their house after Christmas Eve mass. We will then exchange family there. That is my mother's mother and father. Okay. So we'll have that side of the family there. Then on Christmas Day, we go back to that same house for a quick brunch, uh, about an hour or two. And then we go for the rest of the day to my dad's side, uh, Mama and Papa Rearing. So they will get us for the other half. So we have a whole wow. a whole planned out. It's a lot of moving around. It's a lot of moving around. Wow. Well, good luck. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Safe to you. travels to all. Thank How you. about you, Mr. Mouse? Uh, After yeah. your big party Saturday so, night, yeah, you can the, run the, everybody out. The big the big party is I've I've had my friends over for Christmas Eve breakfast for years. Last year, we got a Bengals game after the breakfast with, when they played the Patriots. So I said, hey, Bengals play on the 23rd. Why don't you guys come over on the 23rd? I'll, I'll, I'll whip out my kegerator. We'll, we'll have nice. some fun. So we're doing that on the 23rd. On the 24th, I go to Christmas Mass at St. Joe's here in Hamilton with my, my wife's family. Been doing that for about 11 years now. Um, then we, we open up presents at the in-law's house. Nice. That, that's a fun little Fun little evening. Um, we wake up the next day. I'm going to drive down to the east side of town to Anderson, where my brother lives, and I'm going to watch his his son, my my god my godson Cooper, open up Christmas presents. Cool. And then I'll spend Christmas with my family. So that's that's my Christmas. Very plans. very nice. nice. Yeah. Well, have a great one. You too. You Thank too, Tom. Case. I mean, you're busy. I'm you always got a lot busy. going on. I always got a lot going on, Tom. Uh, I believe. So actually. In all honesty, Christmas for me kind of starts today. Um, we're going to Festival of Lights tonight. I think uh, we're all meeting up at like 530. Nice. At the, at, zoo. The zoo. at the zoo. So I'll be there with my in-laws. We'll uh, go through the Festival of Lights. And then tomorrow we'll have our show. Um, Saturday, I think Saturday morning, we're going to my parents' place for Christmas Eve morning Christmas celebration. So you're going to actually have a Christmas morning, the first one on Christmas Eve morning. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then Christmas Eve evening. Yeah. We're going to Alex's grandmother's, which is actually her, uh, her aunt's place. And we're going to celebrate on that side of the family, my mother-in-law side of the family. And then, um, on that Christmas morning, we'll get up and go to her grandpa or grandpa's place, which is right across from her parents' house. And we'll have Christmas breakfast nice. and then celebrate at her parents' place on Christmas Day. Christmas evening, we go to her dad's side. So that is the full plan. That's lots a lot of different, going on. Lots of, lots of driving and jumping around. Well, Alexandria is in the chat, and she said, uh, boy, uh, she said, this should be good, asking Casey what you're doing, because she says, Casey, Casey usually doesn't remember when I tell him the schedule for the holiday. It, it's a lot That's to remember. That's part of being the husband, Casey. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to the remember. There, there's so many uh, – 
families to just kind of you don't know which one you're going to at what time and i know you got like i know there is a plan i just mm -hmm. don't know where to go right so then Take that well, you know, the well. thing is when you have, uh, and we had it in our house growing up as a kid, where, you know, when if your parents split up, right? If, if you're, you're lucky, your parents are together, they stayed married forever, uh, everybody's healthy, they're still with you. My mom passed many, many, many years ago. Um, and But they were divorced. And so, you know, for a lot of kids and, and, and even the parents out there, look, I I know where you're coming from. Okay, about having to go through that whole thing of going to this house and that side and, and, and the mom's house and, you know, and <laughs> your kids are having to come here and then they have to go see their dad. And, you know, it, it, it's tough. It's really, really tough. It's tough on everybody. Um, but I certainly hope that everybody can find a way to get along because it's such, it really is a special time of year, which we acted like this a lot more uh, the rest of the year, uh, me included. It's all of us. Uh, but we wish everybody nothing but the very, very best. And again, we will be back here tomorrow. We got a big show tomorrow. We are having, and I got to make sure, I, and I want to ask this guy how exactly to pronounce his name uh, because he is the beat writer for the athletic covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know if it's Mike DeFabo or Mike DeFabo. I don't know, and I'll double check with him tomorrow. But he's going to join us tomorrow. Kyle Kasky is going to join us tomorrow to talk about uh, this upcoming game because this is a monster game man monster monster game mm -hmm. and love that it's a saturday i love these saturdays oh, saturday games are great get it rolling great there, uh, who's a game at night that's a big game tonight rams, the rams and the saints that's a big game that's big now for those who are involved who for those who like to bet the sisty wisty i believe a lot of money is on the Rams. who like to what the system the our bosses, uh, Sean. Which you said never works. Yeah, I, I don't think it does. But if you follow them, if you follow Sean and Sean, then one of them might be right tonight because the, there is a sisty wisty going on. I think the Rams are heavily favored. All right. Will you have any action tonight? Yes. What are you looking? You want to share any of that with us? Yeah. Since there is no I, box lunch today. Yeah, I will be going against the system. I will be betting on the Rams because I think the Rams are damn good and Derek Carr I think he throws like 21 passes for 150 yards every game I, I, I he's lost whatever he had so I'm gonna take the Rams I love 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 the Rams minus four Bedford Sportsbook bet responsibly also I'm real quick Tom I'm gonna get through these super chats so we don't forget them yep Mark Fetters five dollars happy holidays everybody yep uh Steve from Chicago 499 Justin Fields for real I agree with him wow Parker Blake he says for five dollars Casey did your wife put together your cute little outfit, or was your, or was it your own doing? Uh, that was my own doing. That was my own doing. Was it, well, Parker thinks it's, it's a cute little cute one. little outfit. Does your wife? Are you kidding me? That's rolling out of the rack outfit. <laughs> <laughs> throw on a t-shirt. Throw on a sweatshirt. Throw on a lid. You don't even have to shower up. No. <laughs> I mean that's not pick. Who would ask that? That was Who Parker. Did ask that? Parker that was Parker. Oh Parker, come on, you're better than that. Go ahead. I, Casey, I think you look. I, I think you look cute. Thanks, Casey, Reed. I think you look handsome. Thanks, Elliot. Is do, does your wife ever put out your clothes for you? Because mm. my wife does that quite frequently, and it's my favorite thing about being married. I don't even have to pick what I wear. No, my my wife does not pick out my clothes. Oh. Like for Christmas on the on the twenty fourth, I'll just get ready. I'll, I'll take a shower. When I get out of the shower, my wife will be like, "Hey, wear these pants. Wear this really? shirt." Oh yeah, it's great. Listen, oh, I'm, 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 not, nice. I'm not I'm not I'm not so much Mariana's uh, husband. I'm just like her accessory. 
Like I just show up. I understand. I, I, I just show you're up. You're a trophy the, husband. I, I don't know about I mean, that. That's what you are. You're that. the trophy. I don't know about that. You walk in the room and everybody's like, "Man, look at this dude." That's right. Look at his tight shorts. That's right. Shorts, tight shorts. That's right. A medium. Yeah, I shirt. a medium. Medium. Here's the thing. I guarantee all my clothes will be very tight for Christmas. Yeah. I guarantee she'll yeah. pick them all out and they'll be incredibly and tight. And a cute little haircut on top. That's exactly right. Big league haircut that she cut. So she dictates that as well, yes. his look. I, yeah, I don't. Listen, I, when I tell you that I don't think about what I wear, it's it's very much I don't. Like I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a six-year-old. I wake up and you just lay out there the There you go, like Garanimals. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Alexandria, as one final closing comment, she says, I leave for work at 6 a.m. So I can't put Casey together like Humpty Dumpty. Yeah, that's right. Right? <laughs> yep. That's right. All right, Elliot, uh, Merry Christmas. We won't see you until after the holiday. That's You're right. not here tomorrow. Safe travels, okay? Sincerely, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, Merry safe Christmas time. to you, God bless Tom. you guys. And we're back here again tomorrow at noon. Um, we said our last chatterbox or for the year, our last chatterbox reds is later tonight. That's yes, right. they said they're going to wrap up uh, 2023. That is tonight. Um, some housekeeping things. People are asking when we're going to have shows next week. Yeah, we will. We'll, we will take off obviously for the holidays after tomorrow. Um, we will not have a show on Dece Tuesday, December the 26th. We will have a show for the rest of the week. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week, we will. There be we go. Off. We'll be here. We'll be here to uh, recap the uh, the Bengalis, the and, Steelers, and preview the Chiefs game. That's exactly and a big time uh, preview tomorrow both from the Pittsburgh vantage point and Kyle Kasky joining us as well. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day.